I clap. All right. I clap. Well, that's fantastic. It's fantastic news. We've got it done. It only took the second try. Normally, we're first try Andy's, but it will be a second try Andy this time around, and there's no problems with that. And uh, look, I want to I want to make sure that everybody at home is is feeling uh, like they can give themselves a round of applause. That's how you should start every day. Get out of bed and uh, give yourself just a just a clap. Just know that you've done it. You're awake again, and uh, you're ready to get going for another beautiful day in Europe where it's fucking cold. <laughs> oh. How's the how's the jet lag, Chad? There's no jet lag. Okay. No jet lag at all. Sure. Yeah. It was yeah, I was a little bit tired last night when we were doing the podcast because I've still I've been waking up early since I've gotten back here. Um so by the time I get to that late at night, it's already my bedtime. I might have to adjust that a little bit. You know, Chad, I know you personally are a huge David Goggins fan. Um and one of the biggest I would say of his, you know, motivational videos so in light of your you know you got out of bed you earned a, a round of applause another one i can recommend for you to watch is if you haven't seen it it's it was university of texas at austin commencement address in 2014 admiral william h mcraven yeah it's around like 20 minutes 15 minutes and he goes through wait what through like it's like a <laughs> motive it was like a it's a speech for when they start or finish university jason when they start I, like I for the new commencement address i assume that uh, okay. I, see, like, I think that's graduation or all right or graduation so they get like someone famous or whatever you know like i don't know fucking steve jobs went to harvard to to do it so he's like sort of giving you some like I guess motivational topics or whatever, whatever. Just check it out. I think you might. Yeah. All right. And I might have to listen back because it was quite a, lo- a lengthy name. I'll, I'll, what was the name I'll again? I'll link it. Wait, I'll link it, and we'll link it also. Another big moment is mo- moment. Moment is we're not in Teamspeak recording this. We are actually on our own Discord channel. Yeah, and we've brought uh, a Teamspeak expert here today to discuss the pros and cons of uh, the VoIP. I believe that stands for Voice over IP uh, that Discord offers as what does IP stand for? Teamspeak uh, Internet Protocol. I just believe Voice over uh, Internet Protocol. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. Uh, We like acronyms with an acronym. (laughs) Wow, you guys are fucking intelligent. Russia here. Discord audio for voice is dog. It's terrible. Is that the technical term? Yes, dog. And honestly, I think you should use. What does that stand for? It's just better. What dog? <laughs> <laughs> destructive, <laughs> destructive audios with an A. Um, yeah, look, we'll work on that acronym there. But dog backwards is God, and uh, Russia is the God of Teamspeak. Do you feel that you've been betrayed today? A little bit, a little bit. No, you don't. On the I'm working on the newsletter right now, so this could actually make a story. In don't let this make it into the it newsletter. It's meant to be about holiday cheer. Yeah, you're supposed to be positive. Oh, it's not very positive. <laughs> but how much... Oh, I mean, no. it's a bit. How, how much of your disappointment, Rush, stems from the fact that we're on... We're not on Teamspeak compared to that we're not on your server on Teamspeak. Uh, honestly, I, if you're on any other Teamspeak server, I would be fine with that too. Really? Uh, I, hmm, okay. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Listen, this guy's power hungry. <laughs> well, it's more the fact that I want people to come there, so maybe eventually they feel obligated to you know, pay for you know, the service that I've been providing for, for years. Russia, I've been in there for like the last month sitting up in the chilling oh, channels, and you it. never <laughs> come talk to me, and you're always down in the you private channels. There you go. Another power trip. Another power trip. You need to co- go to him, channel. Jason. 
it's not a locked channel. Half it's the unbelievable, time we're in, isn't it? We're in the channel F I Stake, and you can just join that channel anytime you want. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you'd have permissions as well, Jason. I'm sure yeah, that you're able to. No, I, ha right? I have a new PC. They didn't. They didn't transfer over from the old account. Tell me, man. I'll give you majorly verified. Well, I, I oh, would, but you were always in the locked channels. But poke me. Ooh, Ooh, that seems a little. Okay. That seems a little anything. bit past where we are, the, you know, at this day and age. But you can any time, Jason. I mean, what, okay. Next time we see you there, we'll come up and we'll say hello. All right. All right. Okay. Couldn't you message him on WhatsApp or something, Jason? Yeah, if anything. you really wanted to get in contact with him, I'm sure that you, there's multiple ways that you could have. You know, Whose fucking side are you on, chat? Chad? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, clear lines of communication is quite important <laughs> if we want to avoid these type of uh, situations that we're finding ourselves. Yeah, in, no, I'm just giving him shit. Rush did help me a lot picking out the new PC, so you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about You've that. You've been one. doing that a lot lately, Rush. I, know. I really have. <laughs> <I'm not lying. laughs> Which one did you get, Jason? In that? I, don't, I don't remember now. It was so long ago. Uh, I was looking at it in our in our last conversation. Oh, oh fuck! I just spilled my coffee again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> uh, like, like a third episode with which I've done that. I don't know. I got the 7800 3D. I got a 4090. I got 32 gigs of RAM, and now I got to clean oh, up. Listen, next coffee. week we'll do an episode at like 8 p.m. our time, Chad, so that Jason is, you know, in the afternoon. At that point, he can't have a he's coffee. passed the coffee. He's moved on to bourbon, so <laughs> we'll be fine. And, and I'll be much more careful yeah. about the bourbon. We know that. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh dear, oh dear. No, look, uh, Rush, you already have slightly hinted uh, at, at your reason for being here today, and it's got nothing to do with the age-old debate of TeamSpeak versus Discord, um, but it is to do with the TeamSpeak channel name, at least in some way. Um, do you want do you, you want to you want to set the table here for everybody playing at home? You, do you want to tell your own story? I, well, okay, I do have a at the moment. I have a channel on TeamSpeak called Air Fryer Steak. It's because recently I have been air frying my steaks. Uh, this is part of uh, a, a, a bigger picture sort of thing, but hmm. I'd like to get opinion on air fryer steaks as a whole just before I proceed, really. Has <laughs> anyone done that? Has anyone tried that? I have done it before. Uh, I think it sounds fucking something... terrible. Yeah, everyone wow. says that. Everyone says that, but honestly, Try it, when, that, when it comes out of the... the um, the air fryer, it's it's fucking good. I'll say that. What kind of a steak? What kind of a steak are you throwing in an air fryer? My the only steak I well I like all steaks. A five Agu baby. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm balling, boys. No, um, I like a nice ribeye. A ribeye, in my opinion, is the best steak. Nah. It is too. You get the little bit of fat in there as well. It's tender. It's juicy. It's fatty. It's. Good. I feel like ribeye well, steaks get unequivocally over the years. What's that? I feel like ribeyes have been getting fattier over the years. I like a nice yeah, New York good. strip, Rushley. A New York strip. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bit bland. I mean, it's fine. I like, I'll eat it. I'll happily eat it. But I think a ribeye, you know, you got the fat, the big eye of fat in there, and it's soft and blubbery, and it's it's good. What the fuck? Boys, I've got to are, say, you, anyway, are you okay? The reason why we're talking about this, I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to talk about a, a journey I've been on of uh, self... Um, uh, Medication. Self, uh, no, no, no. Self improvement. Uh, improvement Reflection. Yes. I've been um, trying to better myself as a human. I've been tr I've been trying to lose some uh, some pounds on the body, if you know what I'm saying. I've been trying to get in the gym a little bit, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I just wanted to tell you guys about my my journey, basically. You know, your little adventure. Yeah, I've been on a bit of adventure. Um, I've been doing the ketogenic diet. Now, can no, you spell that? I. Uh, K E T O, and then genic. Um, but that's the one where you basically just eat meats, fats, vegetables, and that's about it, which is okay. good for me. Uh, I yep. like that. Uh, some people make classes as a fad or something like that, which is fair enough. You can tell you one. At the end of the day, a diet, it's all about calorie deficit, blah, yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, on the keto diet, I stay full for a long time. Is this health advice? 
definitely not. I really don't really know what I'm talking about. But, you know, it works for me, and I've done it in the past. I lost a substantial amount of weight uh, about 10 years ago. So I'm doing it again. I'm doing it for a couple of months now. 10 years ago? Uh, probably, yeah. That's to be on it for how long? Yeah. Uh, since... October for this. For this I year. remember when you doing this when um, when Kelly and Matt were in um, <laughs> in fucking Cologne. Were no, you doing no, keto no. back then? Impossible. No, I couldn't have done. Not if, so if, you weren't doing it when the no, clients no, no, were there. No, no. Not when the clients were there. No, I did this uh, way okay. before then. Way before then. Okay, way sorry. So, but yeah, I've started up again. So uh, you know, I've got some numbers and some metrics. You know, I have a Fitbit on, so I got all sorts of numbers. You know, so you can ask me anything you want. But um, a Fitbit. Yeah, I have a Fitbit. Yeah, I got one of those things. After the second time I went to the gym, I bought that. So, really? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's nice. Battery's crazy. It's 11-day battery or something, so I kind of like that. 11-day battery. So I feel that you haven't really done a great job of setting this up. Are you going uh, are you going to be hopping well. on Pimp's podcast anytime soon? Talk about your last <laughs> Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, I've been on the exercise bike, so I know we, you know we probably have some stuff to talk about there. I'm so essentially, you're talking about a weight loss journey that Rashley Ranger one two three four five six has been on, which also includes you going to the gym and on the ketogenic diet. What is your favorite that's what I food? Said, uh, my favorite well, food. I like a bit of meat. You know, um, today I had right, a nice air fried ribeye. Well, today I've had a two dollar steak. You know, just one of them little thin. A two dollar steak. Asman He's gold really style. selling this. Yeah, it's pretty good, honestly. Like it's Asman Gold style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a he he does a two dollar steak, which is pretty good. But I don't have the potato. Why so potatoes are carbs and all that? Why don't you uh, have you ever done sous vide rush? If you're if you're gonna uh, cook a steak so, inside, why don't you why don't you use the sous vide method? Yes, I think sous vide is actually a good call. Uh, I bought my parents a sous vide a few years ago for Christmas. One Christmas, I, yeah, for Christmas. One Christmas, I went home and I um, unpacked went it home. from all of its packaging. You know, ripped off all the security stuff because they hadn't used it, of course. But uh, so I did use a sous vide at my parents' place, and it was actually very good i did chicken in it as well and that was unbelievable actually sous vide's good stuff but i don't know i don't own one here i don't own here i just have an air fryer okay so that would probably explain why you're not doing it. so okay so look what is the if for people who might be interested in there can you spell the diet name again uh that's k-e-t-o <laughs> okay so what is that what what how restrictive is that rush what type of things are you cutting out of your basically, diet basically you can't really have carbs no sugar that's no carbs much, no yeah, breads well, no sweets sugar is carbs yeah breads you know uh potatoes you know there's some like a uh, root style vegetables which are more carb uh, aggressive like carrots carb aggressive yeah they're a bit aggressive on the carb side so okay i basically just eat meat and vegetables which seems you know seems all right Cheeses and you can also eat eggs in the morning. You can do fish. Eggs, eggs you know, I never have breakfast. So, so wait, fine, you know? so you've been on it for two months basically, right? A bit more, uh, two yeah, and a half months? Much, yeah. A bit longer, yeah. And in yeah, that time, you also, you're not a drinker, so you don't, didn't really, no. you did no. no drinking. You've done some exercise, not too much? Uh, three times a week, yeah. Th- Consist- three times a week. Well, e- He's been every going morning, for daily I, walks. I, every morning, if I either do one or the other in the morning, I either wake up and I go for a like 30 minute work, walk or something. Or I wake up and I go to the gym, one or the other. And today, All right. we had a so let's do this. Session, you know. Let's guess the three of us. How much weight did he lose? I know, so I can't. All right, be so me and Jason, this. I guess. Yeah. I'm going to say. Know as well. doing this. I think I know it day. in everything. What you know I as well? I know it in stone. Yeah. I know it in pounds. And I know all right, so just tell this me. This is like the third time. Said, this is the third time. I've heard I would have said like with all of that in two and a half months, I would have said. At least ten kilos, probably more. Like, oh, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, 12 to fifteen probably would be my range. Very close. Very close. Well, just else tell him. Pretty much knows, I guess. Um, 
Uh, Do it in kilos. I'm at 16 kilograms right now down. Which we yeah, that's pretty. That's and for all the British people, that's two and a half stone. Uh, for all the American people, I think it's twenty something pounds. It's Thirty-five. Know. But that's pounds. a lot of weight. It's Thirty-five pounds. I think. Yeah, Thirty-five. Pounds. But you're doing a good thing, which is important. Like if you're trying to lose weight, let's say someone was a bit overweight, it's important that you go to the gym as well, so you can, uh, what's the word? Fucking for you know, improve your body form, right? Yes, if you're just toning as yeah, well, yeah, all right. So if, if you're just like losing weight, then well, yeah, you you weigh less and you'll you'll shrink a little bit, but it still might not be, you know, what you would aiming for. If you just do some simple workouts like you're doing like a couple of times a week, that's more than enough. So now I'm fucking. Yeah, I'm are you to coming to the HLTV Awards right rush? No, no, I would like to honestly, but I don't think I can. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I lo- I actually did look at the vibes and it looked a bit hard to do. I would love to go though. I think that's going to be sick. Are we allowed to talk about HLTV uh, podcast-related stuff on this podcast? I don't know. Of course. Why not? <laughs> you can I talk about whatever you want. I should, I should probably, we should probably plug it. We should probably plug HLTV confirmed after I plugged our Discord on the show last night. <laughs> well, we but we talk about everything. We don't really yeah. like. Uh, yeah, we know, don't discriminate. It's all right. Rising tide no, uh, raises all all ships. But yeah, I just want to say yeah, though, the the happy for you, Rush. I managed to do it for three weeks in June. (laughs) Yeah, because like the no booze and all and that whole part is like fucking, you know, and I saw and I saw I saw I saw results with within the three weeks. Like and then not in and not insignificant results. So like I know that it would work and that it would work for me as well, but it's like a little bit too strict for when I'm home. Yeah, the first two weeks are crazy. Like the, uh, in those two weeks, you lose a lot of weight. I mean, you get those, you get those keto shits. And all that. Uh, yeah, they're very, very dry. I will say that. Much. <laughs> uh, not to get back on yes. toilet talk yet again. But <laughs> it seems the thing. Whatever rushes on, no, it's fully solid, fully dry. It's kind of painful. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. but, I mean, we I don't need to go this deep. Yeah. I just need. Yeah. I, that was a yes or no question. But but also, I was like, I didn't have too big of a problem with the diet itself like with the food i don't really eat too much sweets anyway like sure but and when i don't drink i don't really need carbs because i need carbs the day after to beat the hangover so like you can eat steak you can eat all kinds of meat whether you can eat um eggs for breakfast like i can eat that every fucking day i don't care i'm i'm bacon and eggs if i bacon eggs for lunch i'm full until evening completely like um and you can eat potatoes and you can eat a lot more like of the- you can, but I'm surprised how, like, because um, because you're on keto, you're burning fat, right? That's the difference. You're not burning carbs. You're burning fat as your main body source. So, like, if I eat just, like, a pr- pretty small lunch, it, like, the hunger, is, I'm barely ever hungry, which is, like, really nice about this. Because, mm. like, calorie counting is effective as well. But, like, if I do that, it feels I'm so hungry all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Rush, you said th- th- this is interesting. Rush, how how are you feeling doing all of this stuff? Because the answer that you gave, I think, it would surprise a lot of people. I've felt the same my entire life, man. No matter how big. Or so this is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets crazy. Now explain that, Rush. Go into a little bit more detail here I for everybody I've, playing like, at home. Um, you know, I've I've uh, been a bigger boy, you know, throughout uh, most of my adult years, you could say, and um, I felt fine the whole time. I I don't know. I don't feel any different when I do lose weight. Going to the gym, I feel a bit more power, you know, in my legs, for example. A bit more I do, power. I do a lot of cardio. I do a lot of cycling and stuff like that. So um, I feel like uh, there's. 
this muscle that's uh, been grown or however that works, you know. But in terms of body feel, I feel the exact same. I don't know. Which is really quite hard to stomach. Like the fact you're just saying that. Like I think a lot. Of, like that's that's not what you'd be expecting to hear. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be expecting to go. Oh yeah, I just feel the same. Like I've been. I've lost 16 kilos. I've been doing all this active stuff. Uh, I'm. You know. I'm eating better. I just feel the same. Like don't you think that's wild? I think I'm just consistent in. The, I don't know in the, how I've felt my entire life. I don't know. I don't really. Ha- I didn't really have pains before. I don't have pains now. I don't know. Feels okay. normal. Feels. Uh, I think feels it's like more like you should be ago. feeling like better about yourself like not necessarily that like you're looking better or anything like that just that you've made like good progress and you've been disciplined and all of that stuff and also just the gym has an impact on your mental at least for me you know yeah okay well that is partially true actually but my mental is usually in a good state anyway thankfully somehow (laughs) but uh i will say you know, when I see the numbers go down every week, it's pretty nice. Uh, I put on a T-shirt that, uh, like, um, it's actually one from Pro League. Um, I don't remember what, exactly, team whatever. But that fits actually quite nice now. And before it Is it the gray one? Yeah, it's the gray one. Uh, team counter. Yeah, the losers. Yeah, so I, I, can, I can put that on now. And if I put that on and look in the mirror, I can see, okay, yeah, I, am, I have dropped some... Uh, some way because normally I wear fairly loose clothes in general. So it's the early it's the early visual reward that that helps the most with keto. I feel I did it in like 2017, like and it just helped like springboard me to feel better about like going to the gym because you lose that weight quick, so you get like an early, you get like a really really quick like reward system in your brain, and then you feel yes. better about doing doing things and about the journey. Yeah, I'm motivated. I'll say that. I'd, when I say feel, I feel motivated. I feel accomplished. I feel good okay. in that regard. Yeah. But in terms of actual like. sensory feeling of my body i feel the same okay all right fair enough that that is what it is it's hard to argue with that so i guess there'll be no more baking with rush or getting baked Uh, with rush i forget the official title you know doing this forever would be a bit miserable i mean quite from now it's perfectly fine because i'm just at home um but it's hard when you travel it's really hard when you travel i'll tell you what i will be going into yeah traveling is that's why i'm doing it is because i I, my last event was like pro league i did go to sydney it's fucking far in it (laughs) And then my next event will be Katowice, so I'm doing it up until Katowice. Yeah, he he doesn't want to travel to Australia. It's too far away for him. Really far. Enough. That's going to be pretty I, sick I, by then. Yeah. I can't believe he fucking doesn't want to travel to Australia. It's just crazy, you know? Like, the, the guy. Though, it, it, really? you know? It's I like mean, a, it's it's like a, a personal place. insult to you, Chad. It, really it is. And I said to him, would he come to Australia if I was getting married down there? And he only has recently changed his tune on that. For the longest time, he was do, like, nah. I might do. He's now as he might do. <laughs> Yesterday was yes. So it's fucking flip flopped again. This yeah. fucking cunt. Like I rushed. probably would. I probably would. I feel like I think Chad. No, I feel like Chad is gonna get married solely for the reason <laughs> to get rushed down to Australia. Like I don't they know. They got the. Yeah, they actually, got. They got like the A5 Wagyu down there. No two dollar steaks in Australia. I'll find yeah. them. I'll find them. <laughs> They're good, they're cheap, you know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. And uh, big beef fan. I like my beef. I like my duck as well. Big fan of the duck. Okay, well, he's a duck fan. That's true. We're going for we're going for uh, we're going for brunch. Oh, I guess it's lunch tomorrow, aren't we, Rush? Twelve thirty. Yes, twelve thirty. Yeah. In Cutlog name. We won't say the name, you know, because there's a lot of lunatics out there. You know, <laughs> you never know. But um, yeah. But if you see us around Cologne, you know, say hi. We'll yeah, be out hi, having some lunch. Know, say hi, but um, yeah, that's that's about it. All right. You all can right. ask me for a picture. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, but, uh, the two of you together, you and Rush. We can give some Maybe. hints, you know, for anyone out there. You know, it is a breakfast sort of place, you know. Um, I will be be getting bacon and eggs. Do you want to give away the suburb? Um, where is it? It's I in think Sud. I know. It's in Sud. Oh, yeah, that's a small yeah. place. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Rush, um, it's been great having you today. I'm not kicking you out. I know you don't like hanging around for too long. Um, so I think I got my mess here. We could do a mini get animated. Okay. Well, I would love that. Um, Go and then on. You have to after you've done get animated. Can you segue us into to, into another topic before you leave? Uh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Okay. All right. Um, so we do have on our Discord. We do have a get animated channel, which I was hoping you would take a bit more of an active role in. Um, I think I messaged in there once, didn't I? I've, no, well, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. Does, I'm scanning through right now. I see no. I see no Rushley comments. Oh, okay. I, I put a message in another one. I tried to get like a, a very good role in this uh, Discord. Um, what's the Discord uh, join uh, exact uh, link, uh, Jason? Do you know it? Uh, no, we don't have enough boosts yet to get the the, the dedicated one. Uh, I can uh, I can give you an boost. You can people can boost the server. We have uh, we currently have five boosts. We're at level one. We need two more wow. to get to level two, and then we need. F- Nine more to get to level three, which is where you get the custom server invite link. What the fuck? So we've had we've Man, had we've too... had three three uh, generous people uh, people have joined up who gave boost, and then I gave two. No way. The boost cost money. Yeah, you can bundle it with Nitro if you if you get you Discord get the Nitro. Money? No. What? No, of oh, course, okay. fucking. You just get you get like, dude. I don't know how Discord works either, but you get extra emotes, which we haven't taken advantage of quite yet. That's that's on the future. We get a hundred emo- emoji slots. We get twenty four soundboard slots, neither of which we've used. We can do an animated server icon, and we get better auto get auto- audio quality. Okay. All right, Rush, hold up. Let's do it. Get animated with Rushly. That's the jingle. Uh, yeah. All right, to- take us through and all that. Um, yeah, so get animated. <laughs> it's been a while since we've talked about uh, anime on this. Um, yeah. Basically, I've been watching a couple. I suppose at the moment there's uh, Frieren with uh, Beyond. Is Journey that the 10. official pronunciation? Uh, I believe so. It is a German word. Uh, maybe it might be more like a. I don't, I don't know, but uh, that's a good one. Uh, I've been enjoying that one a lot. Uh, it's about an elf. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I Chad, you should watch that one. It's pretty good. Other than that, right. um, I don't know what I've been watching. I've been watching. Uh, I started watching a little bit of Shield Hero season three. Chad, you watched some Shield Hero back in the day. Is this the dude with the harem of like fucking wizard slaves. and pixie chicks? Yes, actual slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, season one was actually, and they're all in love with it. Yeah. Well, that's how animes go. Um, the second season was absolute dog shit. Season three, I've only watched three episodes. It was like okay, but I don't even know why I'm watching it. But you know, there's that. Uh, other than that, actually, uh, I don't think I have a lot. Just watch Free Run, really. Oh, Jujutsu Kaisen's good. Season two, very good, enjoyable. Enjoyable. All right, enjoyable. this is a great episode of uh, getting get, it, get, get <laughs> getting get, animated. Get animated. Get animated. Yeah. Well, we're very animated about this. All right, Rush, I remember. Um, wait, I remember Yanko. He said last time that he hadn't um, indulged. So I was wondering if, in these last six months, however long it's been, if he actually has uh, watched anything yet or not. Really. What do you think? I didn't. Okay. I, I I didn't really expand. I'm yet to finish Attack on Titan now that it's all out. Oh shit! That's what I should it has finish. Finished. Yeah. I finish so it. I have to finish that, and then we'll see. Who knows? All right. Well, if I'll probably get back to Incaravite, and then we'll see. Maybe you can recommend me right. one. Maybe, uh, Chainsaw. Karavice, Chainsaw little, Man. Yeah, Chainsaw Man's good. Maybe Caravite we do a little watch party together. You know. Yeah, that's gonna a happen. Anime watch party. Or you can come to my room, or I'll go to yours and. Watch some anime. Yeah. We actually he's given us a great segue rush by accident. Go on. Well, you, do you remember when we were in Copenhagen? Of we might have talked about this before. Which Doing the TV the TV of 2 course, stuff yes, and we'd course. all go back to one Remember yeah, oh, yeah we'd all yeah, go yeah, back yeah. after broadcast. We'd go back to someone's room and we'd like 
we made Alex sit on the floor because he'd always spill the sandwich everywhere. But everyone else was allowed on or around the bed, and we'd you know we'd all just kind of sit in someone's room watching TV after broadcast, eating these fucking delicious sandwiches. <laughs> Simpler times. I, I, um, I was producing the nights. The nights oh, you the were. You were doing NA. Yeah, he was with me. Producing. Okay. Um, and Trace. Countdown: three, two, one, and uh, Jason. You can talk. Yeah. Those okay. Were days. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you produced? Uh, oh, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, were you actually in people's ear? Of course, I was in people. I was. I was. You've never been. I don't. In my I don't. Ear. I don't actually really remember Russia's producer. To be honest with you, uh, th- I those was. those those shows that took place from 11 p.m. until 6 a.m. with no food, I, I've mem- I've memory <laughs> holders. I remember coming in and there'd be a nice catering spread for the European day shift. And we'd be like, okay, so when does our like, you know, food come at two, three in the morning? Like, oh yeah, nowhere's open. So you guys um, don't, don't really get to eat. What did we get for lunch? No, we definitely got dinner. I mean, you guys didn't I have they breakfast left, after they left, at the hotel. They left the leftovers from European catering out oh for my us. God. That was no, it. No, no, no. We had our, I remember we definitely had our own. Oh, how did it work? I don't remember how it worked, but I remember the food that we did get there was really good. Went well. I don't know. No, they made I, some weird not, shit. Not for the talent. That must have been a production thing because we didn't get shit. We didn't <laughs> no get way. dick. I started I started making them add a sandwich onto their order in the afternoon that I could have. That this sandwich. is when we were on Facebook oh, and nobody even knew that we were there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, nothing it's like being on a 4 a.m. Broadcast. broadcast to 17 people and just being like, what am I even doing? <laughs> Getting paid, <laughs> Jason. That is the answer. <laughs> Nobody was watching. It was like that was the wildest time. Like, and we we were still going in there, and we we had like a Halloween one there. I remember I got dressed up with something. We had makeup on. You guys dressed like, pimp up like a shit. like a princess or something, didn't you? And they made him take. No, it, it was. Off? I think he was doing Marilyn Monroe. Um, Close enough. Not Marilyn Manson. And then he wasn't allowed to do it. I think. I yeah, think the he, Danish I people he, told him that. So. Yeah, they canned it. They can. They really don't have. You know, they didn't like it over there in Denmark. I did Hamish and Andy pants on Friday, and that didn't go down too well. I had Brian Kramer <laughs> saying he expected better of me. I'm like, get totally a fucking sense that. of humor, cunt. Um, yeah, well, well, who cares, man? I, I wish I was see- in charge by then. I would have taken you over the coals, bro. That's for sure. To over the coals, mate. Yep. Yeah. Oh dear. All right, Rush. Do you want to get out of here? Uh, I can do, yeah, I suppose so. But I wanted to quickly say, you know, uh, we, we just did get animated or whatever. So, you know, if you've got any get animated stuff, put it in the get animated channel. That's on the Discord. Uh, we just need a few more boosts, you know, on the Discord. And, uh, <laughs> do something, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hell. Perfect. All right, Rush, it's been great hearing from you again. All right, no worries. Thank you, Rush. Send it to Jason, me, dog. What, what file format? MP3 or... Of, of wow. Give me a WAV. Uh, Give me a WAV. A WAV file. A yeah. WAV file. I might take a while to upload, though, man. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> no, I got. We got plenty of time. Is that to the usual email? As to the well? usual email as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I might send it. I might forget. So maybe you message I'll, me. I'll pick you after. I'll come find you on Teamspeak. Oh, okay. After this. All right. We'll see. I might be able to manage that. All right. Peace. Okay. If you could do it now, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks. I Rush. might. <laughs> cool. All right. Bye, Raj. All right. See you later. How do I okay. how do I close Discord? Oh. <laughs> Just hit the telephone button. Hang on, I'm going to task manager. He is right. Actually, hear the telephone button. Right, that seems like a good idea. See you, Rush. Oh, He's done it. Well, it's, yeah, it was good to have him back. It was. You know, he... He was a bit miffed. He said, oh, he's like, I was talking to him today. He's like, you haven't, you haven't had me on in ages. Like, well, I tweeted at you the other day about coming on and you didn't come on. He's like, yeah, but you didn't follow up. I was like, oh, I don't know how much I have to do here. I get the invitation out there. Yeah. Do I have to fucking do everything, I guess? But, it's not my responsibility. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we heard from him again. He had a lot to say today. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was rushly. Where do we even go from here? I have, well, I have somewhere for us to go. I'm working on, I'm working on getting it into action at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Do, 
Okay, all right. Well, we have you, we have another focus on yeah. We have another surprise uh, little guest coming in to talk about because now we get a shift into to Counter Strike conversation. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But this, the the issue is that we've got this Discord going now, so there's a lot to talk about with that. We're getting questions fucking consistently, which is great. It's a very active Discord. We got like fucking 400 plus people in there. Jason, you've done a bloody bang up job, mate. You've really dedicated your life and uh, potentially livelihood to being a, a Discord admin. How how do you feel? <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a fun little learning experience. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, it's been it's been interesting. A little stressful at times uh, in terms of. <laughs> You know, getting everything. Well, because like, dude, it's like there's there's a lot of like you have to set up all the channels, and then you have to set up all the roles, and then you have to set up each individual channel with like different, with each role having different levels of access. You got to set up the different bots, so you're working on Discord with bots, and then you're going to the bot website. So it was like one of those things where like it's not necessarily difficult. It was just a lot of like detailed, busy work that just took time. You know. Okay. Okay. So stress. Well, we appreciate you, Jason, for taking the time and making it all happen yeah Someone thanks it's been it. fun though i mean it was fun this weekend like i was much more active over the weekend than i thought and it was cool being able to like tweak things as they came along had to change a few things add a few things i enjoyed it on the uh oh oh there it is oh, here's okay. a, here's the next thing hello yeah but how are we how are we right. gonna pull this off so, because we're gonna need to get yeah, yeah are we gonna stop recording no 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 keep recording uh okay you know are you are you recording on audacity uh i am Cool. Okay. okay. We're going to do a clap on three, not yep. two. You ready? All right. yep. You remember how to do this. You've been yeah, part yeah. of a media day. One, two, three, clap. Perfect. Fucking hell. This is going to be a nightmare to sync up, Jason. No, it's going to be great. It's gonna, I, think, I, I think I can handle it. Don't worry. I know how to clap. Jason's so confident about this. I'm no, loving no, it. We're a bunch of fucking baboons over here who have no <laughs> idea what we're doing half the time. And we're out here now re-syncing in the middle of an episode. Like it's this is gonna this is gonna be fucking banana. It, it might work if, out, it might not, but this is how you learn. You challenge yourself. You know, I'm, you put an obstacle in your path and try and overcome it. Listen, I've heard that yeah, an AI actually does the editing, so that's true. Well, it helps. It takes out the background noise and does all the leveling. Mm. I think Jason still has to sync it up though, right? Yeah, Jason's I do have to sync it up. It up. Okay. Yeah, so it does everything else. It does everything else. But you do a lot of Finnish stuff right now too over the, you know, so I see like people, I read something the other day. I was like, yeah, Yuna said on TikTok. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, dude, I did too. I was like, what is Natsu doing on TikTok? <laughs> TikTok? Um, that's a good question, actually. Uh, I've had this idea for a long time, um, especially for the Finnish community. Uh, there's a lot of knowledge and things, you know, talked about in English, but there's very little in Finnish for the Finnish audience. So... You know, um, me being me, I was thinking about this for a while that maybe I should start a TikTok because that's where a lot of the youngsters are nowadays, right? Um, and kind of talk about different topics. So I just started a TikTok account. I made a video about, hey, ask me anything you want to know about esports, about ENS, about Counter-Strike, you know, whatever. And then that story just keeps on going. People leave me questions and I keep answering questions that I feel like are could be interesting to a wider audience to answer to. So... Is this a personal TikTok or yeah. is this like an ENS organization TikTok? No, no it's, it's me, my, my own. I might legit just steal your idea and do the exact same thing. Yeah, you should. <laughs> it actually sounds like pretty smart and cool. Are you doing like, are you thought? having your, yourself talking on one half and then like some fucking race car going down a track <laughs> or someone like surfing in Counter-Strike on the other half? Or is it, you know, how, how are you keeping the youngsters uh, attention? That's a good question. I mean, for, for whatever reason, I keep doing this, like the longest form, I think the longest one you can do is three minutes for those. And most of my, my okay. clips are three minute long. And I get oh, like these views. Like, easy. 
Um, actually, a funny thing is that the the most watched TikTok I've made was about my sim rig, about racing stuff. So it's <laughs> actually pretty funny when Shit. you say. But it was mostly because it was about how much does it cost to get one of these things that I have. Holy shit, you do get decent views. The, one of the more recent videos up here, 140. Oh, that, oh okay. There's the one that's yeah, pinned. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what you're saying. 100, almost 150K. What the fuck? Yeah. What is going on? Uh, but yeah, you, we also do a Finnish podcast. Me and uh, Robu. Was like a, he does like Finnish commentary and uh, analysis stuff. Uh, so me and him have this pastime, just for fun kind of project where we do podcasts like every two weeks in Finnish. Okay. Okay. I'm looking this up now. Fucking, you, you got you're doing everything, mate. What is going on? How are you? How do you have time for this shit? It's a good question. Ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're doing everything else. That makes sense. Jason, uh, do you have the same situation going on over there at home? Uh, no. I mean, not to you. Have one. You're you have four kids, three kids. Oh, that's right. Three kids. I've 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 one. So I mean, my and two dogs though, Jason. I do have two dogs, but my my time management is a little bit is a little bit simpler. I think you know, with with one kid, it's 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 it can be difficult at times. Two kids is like an exponential increase in difficulty. Three kids is just like holy fuck. <laughs> but hey, like, my oldest one works with Counter Strike, so yeah. And your your kids could probably start teaching you about TikTok now too. That's true. Yeah, about different filters. Yeah. How do you look younger? Fuck. <laughs> it's getting grim out there man well, this is this all right speaking of uh looking younger you you probably need that assistance because ensis had some uh some you had a stressful time <laughs> say so <laughs> if you we we talked about this the other day if you were to make a book about this entire saga that you just went through over the past week what would what would you title the book what would be like the 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 name of the book Oof. uh someone actually gave me some banger ideas on twitter i should look this up because he i wrote up um a tweet saying that you know people were asking like that 2018 19 ends that i should write a book you know and talk about it and whatnot and i was like yeah that could be a cool idea plus on top of it obviously talk about all the past uh like 20 years 20 plus years doing stuff but then i realized that it would be like a trilogy at this point you know to start writing about my time in esports um let me look it up but did, this guy had some excellent ideas for names. Yeah, because you guys had like the craziness of like the, what was that? The 20, 2019 ends run at Katowice. And then you had that whole team implosion. And then you have this incredible run out of All COVID right. that you've had with it. Yeah. Okay. So the first one would be the Fellowship of the Louvre Agreement. <laughs> oh. The second one would be okay. the two TOs. Okay. And the third one would be Return of the Greed. <laughs> oh that's some nice ones i love it yeah. good old lord of the rings reference yeah, can't go yeah. wrong with that yeah exactly oh that was actually a blair Bla was uh answering to my tweet saying the esports lotter so uh yeah those are some bangers actually yeah that's great well how did this how did this whole situation this most recent one i guess well, what okay. i want to know is basically okay. did you was it a how many days or maybe hours did you have to like sort everything out around the roster? Like how quickly did things move? Uh, I think about like pretty much the whole the whole week for the uh, most of the week for the World Finals was just like a war room going on behind the scenes, basically. Um, but things started really kind of transpiring towards the tail end of the week. So like I would say. 
um, majority of the things started happening Thursday onwards. So basically Thursday, between Thursday and Sunday. Um, so like if we go back to like the time when I was on HLTV Confirmed and, yep. you know, talking about the future or whatnot, at that point in time, you know, I was very optimistic that we could retain like the majority of the lineup. Yeah, it was very possible we would lose a piece, possibly, but to, to have a uh, rebuild of, of this size was not something I anticipated at the time, um, considering all the things that were surrounding it. But then, like, eventually, like, it all kind of happened between, like, four days. Um, and the, the real kicker was that on Friday, I was uh, just casually doing shopping with the wife, and my phone rings, and I'm like, and, and, and I get told that everything, like, things are, shit's going down now. And the kicker is that we need to announce everything over the weekend because of all the roster logs, the Katowice points, and this, that, and the other. Um, so then we were having, like, these different war rooms, one which, which was, sports management side looking at the potential opportunities we have and one side was thinking about the communication um and how do we actually like put this out there we decided to go with the route of trying to be as transparent as we can um obviously having to make sure that we don't cross any lines in terms of contracts and whatnot but still you know trying to be as transparent as possible feels like the best policy uh and then yeah we just spent the evenings kind of thinking through like how how do we how do we go about this and things were changing uh i, I must I, I don't want to go into too much detail obviously you know just to respect um everyone but like there were obviously like moving parts all over the place and uh but, it's interesting so on that friday that you're talking about at that point you already started talks with nine right yeah okay <laughs> so it's not at that point that Everything turned around. And you're like, shit. We need we need a team. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of different, uh, you know, different choices we could make for sure. Um, and well, we lost some opportunities due to some factors. Again, I don't want to go too much into it, but uh, I think we're happy. First of all, just I just want to put this out there that we're happy with what we ended up with. Uh, but like, if we wanted to go the route of building something completely new, the big kicker and the big risk is the fact that you have about seven days after the uh, player break uh, before the open RMR qualifiers. qualifiers. And that's that's a massive risk to take, right? Yeah, if you like piecemeal a team and you don't have any like officials to get under your belt and you've minimal practice to build a map pool, yeah, that'd be, that's, a, that's aggressive. And there's no guarantee that will work either, right? So there's no guarantees in anything you do, <laughs> effectively, right? It's all, yeah. always the best guesstimate. Yeah, so did you sort out... Um any polish teacher for for <laughs> glaive already or <laughs> how's that going i like how he played it off as well you know changed his name to lukash and Look, yeah. and all of that stuff uh we're already working on a duolingo partnership uh so we are creating an ai <laughs> that will uh trans uh, translate from danish to polish in real time that's in the works um <laughs> <laughs> no, connect really, that to the team speak in your matches <laughs> <laughs> no yeah 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 i know i looking looking outside in and it, obviously for for me when i think about it it feels comical that it's the situation kind of where it landed but at the same time you know this was signed off by him and he was very positive about this and uh yeah i mean it's all about a matter of obviously like 
setting boundaries and rules of, of communication and whatnot. And uh, I mean, I totally understand that people outside looking in are going to think it looks weird, but uh, hey, it's just another challenge to, to, to take on. Bro, when, when, I, when Glaive signed to the team, in your perspective, how much of a chance was there that this was all going to go down? Like, how, how sudden was all this? You know, like, as he joins the team and then it's like, oh, everyone's gone. You were mega transparent. Like, that was the reason you wanted to come. Because, like, we, obviously, like, he was considering that factor. And, and, and he put, like, he hesitated for a second and had to think it through. But because we were super transparent of the situation, he knew exactly what was going on in each situation. That's why he wanted to come also because like in here he gets to be also like very hands-on in terms of deciding what happens in the future when change happens because there's only one thing that is actually um that always stays and it's change it will eventually happen one way or the other right um so i mean it's hard to put a number on it like a percentage you know how likely yeah. it was but but uh, it was it was apparent that the possibility was there yes 100 percent. okay 100 percent. but what do you think changed though, right? Because as you're saying, when you came on HLTV, mm. there was already already the snappy saw situation which had happened. And then there was been rumors for quite a while about like some pies potentially going to Falcons or whatever, but it felt like that had been done with. And then uh, this all just kicked off again, right? And then it, some, snap, uh, sorry, some pies ends up going to Falcons. So does Madden, right? Nerds over there are heroic. What, what, I, I guess it was one of these things where if, you know, more people are going, then why the fuck don't we all go? Or like, did, did they give any reasons as to why they, everyone just bailed at the, the, the tail end of this? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a certain chronological order and like, like when one domino falls and the other others will follow one way or the other. Um, I think the big factor was Nerds, a player that pretty much all of them wanted to play. And I feel like that core, Nerds and uh, Modern and uh, and um, uh, Sampaias, those three especially kind of felt like they, they have a good thing cooking. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, with Martin, the contract was expiring. His contract was going to be out but at the end of this year. So his negotiations, of, negotiations were sort of on hold because of the fact things were uncertain with, with nerds. And as we said in our statement, uh, nerds had a bio clause in his contract. So if he if there was an organization that was you know willing to pay for the amount of money that was set in the in the contract, um, he could go. But of course, also um, we tried to paddle back. We offered him very 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 good offer, um, but eventually he decided to go that down that route of going to heroic, and um, that then decided for modern that that he wanted to look elsewhere. And then at that, that point in time, we were in a situation where we were in full rebuild mode, and in in which yes, we could have we could have technically kept on on some pious for sure, uh, but then like like I said, you know that that would have meant that we went into a whole situation where we needed to get a a, a completely new new core anyway. So open qualifier would have been you know all all the whole process. Um, so then we decided that it was the you know kind of the best situation for us was to try to acquire a core um that we would work with and those that the core has an opera right so and hades is now back in it yeah. hades is back yeah i like that I mean, he's been playing good lately i like hades a lot of moving parts i mean it's, it's never black and white it's never super simple uh, can you 
without violating anything, can you talk about some of the levers you have from like the organizational POV in terms of when you say you offered like a really good contract? Like we know, obviously, salary is always going to be a big factor, but mm-hmm. you know, you guys, you guys have some other tools that you can use to incentivize inside the contract, like, yeah. like you know, percentage of sticker money. Like, what what kind of levers do you guys have to work with that you can that you can kind of adjust the value of a contract? Yeah, I mean, bonus models for sure are are part of today's contracts. I think that that will become the norm as well. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of silly to pay pay for players just for breathing. You know, you want them to be performing, and you want to be building teams that are are successful, so they will earn those those bonuses as well. And I can say that the players we've had over, like the the team we had, you know, they they were making good money. You know, they were definitely not not yeah. uh, in a, in a bad situation econo- economically speaking for sure. Um, yes, for sure, we're not going to be able to offer the, the the best base salary out there compared to some of these teams that don't necessarily um, kind of follow the same world, how would I put it, world economic standards as we have to live by, uh, or limitations. Uh, but then again, we can definitely compensate through you know different performance models. And if we do well, the team does well, and we most definitely want then compensate that really really well to the players as so well so things things like like eight, like you know rank, world ranking give a little bit of a bonus yeah. like finishes at the major give a bonus sticker yeah. money increases all that those kinds of things yeah yeah for sure like bumping up salaries when if we're in the, you know during a major cycle or uh cool. yeah being high up in the ranks things of that nature what was the fuckery like was there a lot of fuckery going on? Like, what are these? What are these orgs that you had to deal with? Like, Would you because classify it, things as fuckery. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to elaborate a little bit more. What the fuckery meant? No, I don't really. Oh, look, this is the thing. I don't know dealing with any of these people, right? Like, uh, I just, I just get to hear different bits and bobs from from over the place. But you don't really know what it's like. And it's a cutthroat business. People are out here trying to fucking, you know, get things as cheap as possible. Or, uh, you know, I, I'm just curious to 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 see uh you know how it felt from from your end um yeah i mean if if i go back to like uh i think i feel like like this kind of started already in october like without us even knowing the fuckery as you put it nicely uh all of a sudden like is that because of falcons um not only falcons okay um you know there's there was a team that was uh you know heroic rebuild mode as well especially um and yeah of course i mean i think falcons is kind of what kicked this all off and i like in the big picture you know going back to last summer when a lot of the the vc teams vc back team especially the american ones started falling down you know those those kind of um imaginary castles that they were they had built over the years thinking of revenue streams being a totally different place come come this this time um they haven't come into fruition uh, and and the world economy was in a bad spot, so a lot of the teams were losing their funding. You know, uh, they they had to cut cut on people. Some of them had to even stop operations altogether. You know, we were thinking at that point in time that finally there's going to be some sanity in this business. You know, more and more. Um, and in terms of like budgeting and costs, it's going to kind of level out to like uh, something that actually makes sense. Um, but Psych. then. Psych! Here comes the Saudi. <laughs> Saudi. Someone mentioned Saudi money, and then you know agents lost their shit. Players lost their shit. They, agents had already lost their shit. They just lost their shit more. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah, you know that's a that's a topic. That's a topic we could go on for a while for sure. But uh, yeah, expose them now too. 
I mean, I mean, <laughs> I heard down the agents. <laughs> yeah. Mate, some of the shit I've heard is like fucking hell. Yeah. No, I was, yeah. Some of the, some of the things, you know, it felt like, I'll, I'll be honest here. It, felt, it feels to me sometimes from not even only from, you know, our dealings, but obviously being on the team side, I hear a lot of things, you know, I talk with people and it feels like sometimes the agents and how they're incentivized to where their players should go. It feels like they just leave some details kind of, you know, untold to the player or some some factors that might actually have a decisive factor on 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 their thinking of where they should be in the future. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I'm, I'm getting sometimes. That obviously doesn't apply to everyone. Um, and then there's some of them that come with these ridiculous demands to start with. So you have such a long way to negotiate. So you take three weeks of cutting through the bullshit before we actually get to talk about the actual things in the contract, right? You know, it's like... Uh, this is just a joke almost, but you know, imagine there's a line in the contract asking for home delivered Evian water every day, you know, that type of bullshit, you know, that makes zero sense. No, right? we have not gotten there. I know, but he said that's we a haven't joke. got there. The- okay. Got there. But that's <laughs> kind of just kind of paint a picture of like that a lot of bullshit you have to cut through before you actually get into the actual nitty gritty. Which means there must be something which isn't too far off of an example like that, though. So you know, we we can we can have a think. We can we can think. Maybe a, a mouse pad delivered every week. You know, uh, sure. a brand new span. You know, I don't I don't know that. Okay, I yeah. All right. So you're copping it from all sides essentially, and we know that most orgs have a hard time making money in the first place. So it it feels like it's a fun spot for you to find yourself in. Uh. You enjoy your job? I do. I mean, if I didn't know, we could do something else, bro. Like, hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things I could do. Uh, I mean, as as stressful as it was, I imagine the chaos of those like 72 hours is kind of like, it's like kind of fucking energizing when like shit's hitting the fan from all directions. And like that probably lights a fire under the whole office. That's probably a, like as stressful as it is, probably a really exciting time to be in, involved in the process. You know, it makes me proud of, the hires we've done, the people I work with, I'm really proud of everyone I work with. You know, just the kind of camaraderie we have inside the, the office. You know, um, that kind of—that's what I feel. You know, uh, that we have a, such a cool group of people on all, all different aspects of the company, and everyone's willing to pull through and come in at 10 p.m. Even if they're in a house party, you know, they'll come into a, a call we're having just to listen in and 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 you know read through drafts of 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 statements we're going to be putting out, you know. Well, so, now yeah. we know how the fuck you signed this new roster, though. <laughs> Some guy was at a house party, wasted, <laughs> and like, yo, Paul's Kaguro, like, that's just, big Hades back, let's get, get those two other guys, get Goofy, <laughs> you know, Jason's going to do the laugh, that he loves <laughs> doing the laugh, there you go, you know, and like, let's just fucking bring all the boys back, we, we get Glaive to learn Polish, you know, and that's it. No, I'm trolling, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's great to hear you get that feel about the organization just from the outside looking in. And what's interesting though, in everything you said, it, it seems like it was kind of all, you know, the the first, I know how to say this because the first domino is the most important one, but the the first important domino really was like the nerds thing because if he was willing to stay, then you could have kept the core of him, Madden and some pious Right, and then you have the Hanglave. That's like a pretty, you know, that's a super sick team. So what? And you said you offered him like good terms. So did he give you like any reasoning of why he uh, didn't want to stay with the team? Uh, 
Not that I know specifically. I mean, he was talking even during this process. You know, they we had them in Finland, right, for the Elisa Masters and everything. I mm-hmm. talked to him. Uh, he was praising everything we do. He, he liked the support staff we have. You know, he liked the surroundings. He likes the team. He was praising Lucas. You know, everyone loved him, you know, coming in and saying, like, you know, he's the real deal. Uh, and we, the, this can be a great thing. But then, you know, you can do the talk, but then you have to do the walk. And obviously, you know, it, it, I'm not going to hear be here and, and not say that he, he got a banger banger offer from uh from heroic for sure you know he's, he's gonna be he's gonna be happy walking to the bank but in comparison our what we were offering wasn't wasn't too bad either so uh i mean we all make our choices for different reasons and whatever his reason is i i can't i can't tell you uh, maybe he believes in in Eto, saw mm-hmm. uh you know mm. an extra mile or something uh whatever but uh I mean, I, I can't tell for you know for his sake why why he chose this route. But uh, from what I gathered, you know, um, it it felt until the very end that you know there was everything here that he he could hope for to to build the next chapter again in, in his career. Because he's kind of starting from scratch again with this heroic team, right? Like you look at the players they have on that roster. I think like Nerds and Shush. Okay, that's some good pieces for to start with. They just signed Nikodos. <laughs> well, this is the thing, and right? Tess, like, I, I, this like, is... Come on, man. Give me a break. The answer well, well roster right? with Glaive would it just ends with Glaive instead of Snappy and Kuban instead of Saul. Like that's a way better team the... than fucking Kicksan, Tessas, Shush, Nerds, and Nikodos. Unless that's like just yeah. unless that's like what's being like the team for just this major cycle and then they're promising to bring I don't know who after that, but I don't know. Um, but that's the thing, though. Some like, players there, there clears Nikodos by, like, twice. He's twice the player There would have been roster is. changes after the next major anyway, right? So, like, why why, why the urgency to do it now? There definitely would have been roster changes after the next major. We have a long lead yeah, time into the, the final major of the, the year. The end roster could have been really competitive right now. I mean, okay, right now. Like, after they actually have some time to practice and starting next season. Not a blast team. Yeah, I so, hope people don't. So, for Katowice, you know. But I hope people don't look at like what happened at the World Finals and judge like what that roster could have been off of that because you could tell just with the way they were playing it was fucking done. Uh, you could see that, that there was it's not that there wasn't any interest; it's just that there were other things going on. And when the roster's changing and you're no, trying no, to go no. somewhere they, else, and you know, you saw Ansys T side ratings with Glaive, and they just decided they wanted to get the fuck out. That was <laughs> that was what caused it, Chad. Actually, oh, but but that's the, that's the thing, right? Like I'm sure some people probably would jump to that conclusion, right? Like they, and, some people and, did jump to that I don't conclusion. Know. Yeah, and uh, but it, it's just it's one of these things that is that I think obviously money plays a big factor. And when you think about, I want to say how short some of the how old is Nerds? He can't be that old. Uh, what is he? Twenty? He's, he's young. He's young. He's uh, how old? Right Twenty-four. 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 Okay. He's still a young lad. Yeah. So yeah, he's still well, he's still definitely got at least you know six years ahead of him, and especially with with how good he is as a player. I look. The money side of things going over to heroic, right? If 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 it was substantially more, by the sounds of things, you're saying that it it it, it would have been, you know, well, not Listen, like not, if I, if, not parody, but yeah, I'll just say this: like when you when like one of the things that these players don't necessarily always think about, they're not great at math. I'll just put it this way: um, <laughs> what if he doesn't make the major? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. You know that that's very unlikely at this point. Let's be let's be real. Just looking at the freaking closed qualifier for the major looks like a almost it's like be a mental. major lineup of teams right like from some of the years going back um yeah but i think one of the things that, that uh, people start staring at 
at, at what you're making monthly, but they're not considering what it could be annually with everything added up. You know, if you believe in the project, if you have the components to be successful, um, and that's something you should consider. Yeah, if you're winning, you're going to make more money, Way right? More. Like if you yeah. if you're actually doing well. Yeah. Well, then then here's also where I imagine the intersection with agents comes in too, because I imagine agents are, are get paid based off like base salary and guaranteed salary, and mm-hmm. don't really get a cut of the incentives or like sign up bonuses or some dumb bullshit. Yeah. Well, when I heard that the agents are getting a percentage of players' salaries, I was out. I was like, this is fucking, what the fuck are these players doing? Some players give 10% of their salary to the agent. Like, fucking hell, we need more agencies then who are not going to rob the players. I I think, like, Thanks. well, we know from talking to Henry that he had a pretty rough time with agents, right? Like, and and, and that things sounded a rough pretty time fucked from, from his... Yeah, yeah. In in general, like it's just a was a not a great time for him to be picking up a project like that, and then you know the the fallout of that has been people just fucking what did, pointing fingers. What did you What did you think not to of his? I mean, you you haven't employed it yourself, so I kind of I guess there's also almost an answer. But his idea of having salaries and contracts be the terms be a little bit more public and a little bit more transparent to the to the to the community. Uh, I mean, I'm not mega opposed against it, really. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I live in a country where everyone's income is public knowledge. Yeah, that's right. You can check the books, right? Yeah, you can check like literally, literally books. everyone. Like everyone, yeah, you salaries? can check my, you can okay. check my salary if you really wanted to go down that rabbit hole. You know, there's nothing to really see yeah. there, but you know, uh, that would you know make anyone jealous. Actually, they would just laugh at me, like, oh, "Why the fuck is this guy doing this job?" Uh, <laughs> 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 if anything, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I live in a country where it's a, it's a, it, there's always this thing called the tax day, uh, which happens like, I think it's like November for all the public, the, the tax information from uh, previous year becomes knowledge for everyone's income. And it's like all over the tabloids. It's that one day a year as a fin, you don't open any tabloids. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, So they make news mm-hmm. out of that. That's fucking damn. Okay. You could all even right. like, you can search, there's like a search engine, like you look at like, Hey, like if 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 a certain, I think the threshold for like what is reported by the tabloids is 100k a year. Uh, basically, you can like check your neighbors' names. You know, have they made that threshold? Fuck <laughs> hell! So if you're going out with someone and they're splitting bills, and you want to see, uh, you know, just how stingy they're being in a year's time, you can go and check how much money they made in a year and go, this fucking guy wasn't willing to pay for a glass of wine. Uh, okay, all right. Well, that's all right. All right, that's interesting. I don't think that exists here in Malta. I'll say that much. <laughs> Oh yeah, or Serbia. Yeah, or where Jason's from. Yeah. Uh, some of it. Some Come of it, now, some of it comes from not to that extent, but yeah, some of it gets only from. if you're Donald no, Trump. I was going right? to say it's the, yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, can you can you touch on not to because we we don't we, this you you can give an interesting perspective too with like the with all the with all the agreements like the Louver Agreement and the Blast Partnerships kind of ending in 2025, you guys uh, notoriously don't have that Blast Partnership. But can you talk like what what is the big effect that you guys are looking at in saying is this like an oh shit moment for 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 a team organization or is this kind of like okay like uh, we can find a way to transition out of this. Because I mean, those are those are pretty beneficial in terms of payouts to teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of both. It's kind of an oh shit moment, but it's also like okay, we need to figure this out, and uh, for the sake of, of of the game also, uh, because let's think back. Let's let's all kind of close our eyes for a second and think back to the time before any of these agreements and what life was like back then, and what's the reason 
for establishing these kind of partnerships was. It was one, to try and build economical sustainability in this game. And two, it was to try and create a calendar where people are not burning out as much. Well, I'm not sure if we achieve either of those completely, but at least there's a bit more predictability uh, in, into the future, right? In both aspects. More mm. than having nothing, right? Uh, so we're going to be entering a an era in 2025 as of right now. Uh, obviously, things can change over the next 12 months. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm pretty sure like some of the things might change in the future. It's just me speculating. Uh, but we're talking roughly anything like... I'm kind of throwing out numbers right out there. But anything between half a million to 1.5 million a year that teams are going to be down... Uh, that they need to figure out how to how to get right, and my problem there is that you know there might be teams and um, yeah there might be teams who might have to do desperate things you know I think as an example go for sponsorships they wouldn't otherwise go you know we've seen like some examples already surfacing you know how it's a bit of a delicate. Uh, subject to take on any any partners with with some russian background for example we saw like oh some of these gambling sponsors yeah, right yeah as an example right so uh you have to kind of figure that out somehow right so that kind of scares me for sure and that we need to figure it out because as a as in the big picture i don't like the the way that things are going right now uh and we need to figure out how do we make that gap back right uh, and I'm sure, like over the next couple months, you know, there's a lot of smart people considering thinking about things and trying to figure out, you know, what the next thing is that can be done that is compliant with the with the Valve rules. Uh, but as of right now, you know, it is kind of going into an unknown and going back to that time before we had any of these leaks. And I mean, let's be honest, uh, like you know, it's easy for me to say since we're not a Blast team, but this is 99% because of Blast and how they've set up their circuit, being exclusive only for the most, like 99% of it. Um, and um, that I'm opposed, like, I'm totally against that, and that's why I was very happy to see Marco go ham on on Blast a lot of the time, because <laughs> it's, it's, it is putting teams on uneven ground in terms of, like, like how are we ever going to be, like, for example, as an ENS, like, we would never be able to be a ranked number one team in the world, not being a Blast team, unless we win, like, a major, you know, as an example, because we don't get those Blast points. Us getting not yeah. getting into the Blast World Finals of 2022 was a fucking joke and a half. Um, let's be real. Oh, that's right. Like it was just a couple of points or something. Yeah, wasn't we lost it? OG. <laughs> yes. Well, they and they obviously did well at both Blast group stages, but you guys had no chance yeah, to be able to compete. That's the only yeah. thing they did. They just that's... did well in groups that year. <laughs> yeah. So that that like, which is essentially exhibition matches. Yeah. And yeah, except like, for them and Big and. I guess EG or MIBR at the time. Every other team like treats it as a bootcamp for the better part. Sorry, you know where were you going, Matt? Um, I'm not even sure anymore. But uh, <laughs> I was just ranting about the fact that, yeah, I mean, I am totally against the fact that there's exclusive only kind of stuff. You know, for sure, we need to have a circuit where there's opportunity. Uh, should there be a circuit where a partnership should be, you, you, you could apply for a partnership by not with paying like an X amount of money, but instead of showing that you're competitive, you have a structure, you have an organization that's healthy, operation, operation, operating in a healthy manner. And that way, you know, take out the fact that there's a monetary value to the spot itself, right? Um, 
Well, could that be a solution as an you, example? I don't know. I don't know if you can speak more to this, right? But earlier in the year when Valve announced their changes, right? Uh, Mr. Uli Schultz, the flying DJ, for those people playing at home, um, he made he made a tweet. And he said, um, and this is in regards to the changes for 2025, he said, we will shift our tournament revenue sharing model from selected teams to all teams participating starting in 2025. We'll announce more details on this in the coming months. Now, obviously, that is going to take a while for that type of information to come out. And maybe that tweet's not even pertinent anymore. Maybe things have changed and that won't be the case. But if if that is the case and Blast and ESL, when they're running their events, are still able to offer like incentive structures, which I think need to be made public right like if there is revenue share and you're playing in their events then i think that was part of that was this type of information needs to be to be public to the to the people playing at home so they understand why you'd want to play in an esl or a blast over whoever else pops their head up come 2025 which could be anybody under the sun but is that something that could work like like what you're saying having teams that show that hey we are a functioning organization that we're healthy and we're competitive the main thing we don't want any more of this fucking eg bullshit in our lives right and then you're in an ESL event and then you're selecting, right? Because over the course of the year, one of the keys to what you've, you've brought up is all the burnout and stuff that existed pre uh, the franchise period of time. Well, one of the keys to, to stopping that is if people have choice and they can make choices where they're still going to be able to collect enough points or whatever it's going to be to qualify for the type of events, the majors, et cetera. Um, would, would something like this, like, would you be more incentivized to go to an ESL event knowing that there is some rev share model? Uh, I mean, I, that might become an arms race for sure. You know, uh, in, in that sense, somehow, whatever is allowed by, by the valve, uh, regulation, whatever that is, you know, knowing how impartial valve wants to be in our game, in the esports side of things, for the most part, you know, you never know. You're kind of always guessing what's okay and what's not. And then you send an email asking, is this fine? And then, you know, they'll (laughs) tell you either it is or it's not. Um, but I suppose so. I mean, if, if, if they made it lucrative and interesting, then I wouldn't see why not. Because, you know, we also have to think about, like, one thing that people forget is that we have to also think about being here 10 years from now. We can't just think of what happens, you know, at the next major, next summer, or next winter break. We have to think also 10 years ahead, right? Uh, and and kind of that's why we want to make sensible decisions. That's why we haven't jumped into, like, a million different games also that don't don't have a structure clearly set up yet so we don't want to burn a million to a game where we have no idea what's gonna happen in the future uh but it was funny you said transparency because yeah i'm completely fine rev shares and everything being a a uh, trans like being transparent about the income but uh, it's kind of kind of funny thing that you know where's the transparency on the on the stickers yeah. There's no transparency. Well, are you guys allowed to talk no, about the figures? We're not allowed to. Like, okay. Once I submit it, I literally do it on my own Steam account. Like I have a book of the last six majors and the income from the each capsule that we've been a, been a part of. But it says when, yeah. when you submit it that uh, in the agreement that you're not you're not allowed to disclose that information. Interesting. So you know, I'm just asking Valve. You know, why don't you make it also transparent how much teams are making from these majors? that's interesting i'd have to go back and reread like what the stuff that valve released because it was it's obviously vague right i imagine they're still working through uh the details for what's going to happen come 2025 because one of the things that i I think people uh think is that valve just are like this holy god and they have all of the answers they're making things up on the fly just as much as everybody else is right and i'm sure they need to have meetings with esl and blast and see what's worked and what hasn't worked and they obviously want things to be as more open as possible 
to allow uh, as many people to compete in the space, not only for teams, but TOs. But it is just such a difficult tightrope to walk. And I don't mind the fact that let's say every, and this is where it becomes more challenging for people like you, Natu, and I apologize, but I don't mind if like every, you know, like three to five years or whatever, especially if we've given things a decent enough crack and it's not working or we think there might be a better way or, you know, we're not, because this is what Valve do. They agitate, right? They agitate to try and- Stress testing. Um, they disrupt. Yeah, push things- yeah, put the push things in the direction that they want it to go, or they try and challenge these people to come up with different methods. Because for us, I know for, for sitting back, it's like, oh, well, Valve just work out a way to get more money for the TOs. And it's like, well, one of the things they said to me was like, well, what are they going to do with that money? They're just going to spend it, and they're, they're they're right. I know that seems like a silly thing to say, but they are just going to spend it. They are just going to stay in the red. It's not like they're going to be, you know, they're not going to be in the black. Their books aren't going to be through the roof. Like this is this is stuff where there needs to be a sustainable way for these businesses to be able to to live their life. And I don't think that's through Valve just giving them more and more handouts, right? I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know if we're ever going to get there. I don't know if anybody knows we're ever going to get there, but we, we have to try different ways. Um, and I guess that's what's happening here. We're looking to try a, a different way, something that is going to have to be more structured than the pre-pandemic lifestyle, but something that is going to be less lockdown than what we've experienced for the last couple of years because you look at these hltv rankings and like you're talking about it's it's fucked like it's it, it's just been top heavy to teams who have been in both events for the last couple of years and then we've been able to have these frankenstein freak show teams like eg exist and an og right and that's just fucking bullshit that's not what we're here to do this should be a merit-based situation i don't feel like it's been that way for for a decent period of time now which is kind of sad yeah i mean to, well, also, like if you think about the majority of the organ, you, you you say a couple of outliers there, right? EG, I mean, OG hasn't been nearly as bad, obviously. Like they've been okay, but not super competitive. Uh, at least they've tried, you, you could say. Um, but, <laughs> Shout uh, out to Neo. <laughs> huh? No, that's that's a very obscure reference. Go on. Um, <laughs> but I was gonna say, like, majority of these teams that are part of these partnerships are still like top tier organizations and have had top tier contract teams for the majority of the time of the existence of these partnerships am i not correct mm. right no yeah you're yeah, right you're yeah, right yeah. yeah so i don't have an issue you know expanding on having more teams as part of it and and sharing that uh revenue stream but and and creating it maybe a different way of selecting these teams and not having like you know friggin 7 million whatever was reported like the uh, was the median uh, buying price for 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 the agreement expansion slots as an example. But having like Did you say seven million? whatever it was, it was reported like some, there was something. I think I think the what I think the, the I think the initial ones were like weren't they like two to four million? And then I think when they started expanding it, the expansion slots were more expensive. Tommy yeah, had it. So. We fucking Call of Duty League or some yeah, bullshit? But, what the yeah. fuck? Uh, <laughs> but let me check because Tommy wrote that article that I referenced the other night, and he had it in there. Uh, let's see. That number was um, just me throwing it out there, by the way, from the back. Well, of this is—I mean, funny you said that. This is a selective group with each of the Blast partner teams also being part of EPL and slots for both EPL and Blast having exchanged hands with an average price of seven million in the ESL right. expansion, EPL expansion. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's a tilter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. uh, no, no, I, and I can, I can see that some people have have an issue with that, uh, and that's completely understandable. And I, I, I do welcome like new proper good organizations that have good intentions and have are, are operationally healthy and have good means to come and join the party of Counter Strike. You know, I've been here for twenty fucking five years with this game, hmm. you know. I don't want 
and I don't want it to see become a monster only, you know, funded by, let's say, questionable money. You know, um, what does operationally healthy mean for an idiot like me? Jesus Christ, Chad! Just running a business <laughs> is not about how many millions you can burn a year. It's about having the stability yeah. of income and expenses. You know, there's some kind of unhealthy balance between those two, right? And for so people who are actually trying to run a business and not just fucking, yeah, okay, I mean, right. listen, like if we think about these teams, like that have backing from Russian gambling companies or Saudi money or whatever, or just a ton of VC, yeah, whatever, or VC, that money only exists as long as someone says it's fine. You can spend that money, but that money disappears the moment someone says that's enough. You know, I'll, I've had enough of this shit. You know, I'll move on to the next thing, right? And then it all just evaporates. In the meantime, you have companies who are running a legitimate business that have certain income and are spending a certain amount. That's there for the long haul. That's there for the long term, you know. And that's what I'm saying. You know, we're trying to be here 10 years from now, not just to have a good time for two years and, you know, explore the planet a couple of times, you know, and uh, cause another esports winter one way or the other. But instead, try to do it for the long haul, right? So these that, are the type of things I have. I think in my head, you know, how do we make this work in the long haul? The problem is you also had a lot of fucking grifters, you know. So it's normal, like startup or whatever VC money comes in, like you're not expecting to to run with a profit for you know whatever the the term is, a year, two years, year and a half, whatever you whatever the business plan is. But you use that money to build up a structure so that in two or three years time you have created revenue streams and you're starting to you know slowly make money and make more money than you spend which is the goal of obviously <laughs> any, business. any business that's how it that's yeah. the only way that it can function and these teams have just been you know their idea of doing that was to sign the best players and the best teams and coming in with fresh money, right? Obviously, inflating the price, inflating the salaries, inflating the the transfer prices, and everything. Where teams who were sane were, you know, starting to get into the danger of not being able to compete with that because it they understand it's not sustainable. Like ants could do the same thing and run the company into the ground in like a year's time, right? Easily. Because because it's just not there. So no company or no investor in the world is just going to give you cash to burn indefinitely because that's not how they got to have that cash to begin with they got it by building sound businesses for the most part but lately people get money in all sorts of ways so so how how overinflated is everything right now then because that's I mean, been another big conversation yeah right? i mean it all kind of depends on the world economy uh amount of marketing spend that is available for people to grab and we all know that the world economy is not at a great space, uh, space right now or in a situation. Uh, that means that there will be less marketing spend. It means that companies that heavily rely on marketing spend are going to struggle, right? Um, and I know well, marketing is always the, the, the first money that disappears when there's some kind of like a economic crash, right? Like that was that was the big thing about like the, the original esports downfall, like after CGS. You know, with that, when that went down, wasn't like in like like 2009, 2010, was like all the marketing yeah, money disappeared. 2008, yeah. 2008, the housing market. Yeah, I mean, yeah. also like uh, just something that will bore listeners to death probably, but like before, like I know a lot of bridges have been burnt with big brands uh, coming into esports, expecting like massive returns uh, in terms of visibility, in terms of actual customer acquisition, 
from numbers that are just, you know, someone kind of came up with those numbers instead of actually relying on data. And that's kind of changed nowadays. Things are much more data reliant and heavy. Uh, you actually have to like really showcase that what you can deliver instead of opening up a good old classic news zoo report from a few years back uh, showing how <laughs> massively big esports is going to be by 2025. <laughs> or valuing yeah, or, like every esports organ like 800 like, million. I just saw Blast like <laughs> tweet something about, oh, the Blast Major had 50,000 fans live in the... And ESL does it as well for their events. It's like they just combine. Like they did it for the Rio Major. Yeah. They just combine. Like if the arena can have 15,000 people and it's been three days, we've had 45,000 people. It's like, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure you can measure it in different ways and then present it, but that's like, you know, you're trying to make it all sound so grand that inevitably all that shit, like, you know, the chickens come to roost. Like, yeah, if, if, if those are the numbers you're presenting, well, we're not seeing those numbers like really transpire in, 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 in reality, you know, in terms of new customers uh, for, for those uh, sponsors and whatnot. And then they're just like, we're out. And we ha we have to we're back at square one really. Can I can I can I circle this back to a little bit more of like the CS ecosystem? Not too where you kind of mm -hmm. mentioned like about these these league partnership agreements, and you said you know let's transport back to before they existed in like kind of the burnout and the crazy schedule that players and teams and everyone had, um, and all the problems that induced. How if if you go back to like if we go back to a model where there, there's not these partnership agreements, how much from an organizational perspective, how many like are you are you pushing for teams to attend more events because you need the visibility on the brand and you need everyone you need to be you know you need you need the ENTS logo on the screen and, and things like that like are, the conversation back then was like players have a choice to attend events and players would say no actually the org is making us attend a certain number of events and I know it's different for every organization but how, how much of a motivating factor is is that from a team perspective to say we have to be at X number of events. Uh, I would be lying if I said that it didn't have a, it wasn't a factor. Of course it is. You know, I mean, we're, we're partners and, you know, they're, they, they, they like their logos being seen in broadcast, a lot of eyeballs, right? And even on top of that, you know, we're going back to that 2019 time when ENDS was first popping off and quite a good timing in terms of like, you know, that was kind of how we ended up in the Louvre agreement and, uh, actually almost in the blast as well, but that didn't pan out in the end. Um, but uh, then I think it was mostly like, you know, we were, of course, like a very, very small town operation at the time. We were quite literally like six people running this shit. Like I was still doing like actively social media and stuff at ends, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> a while, I, my, I think my best day at the job was 2018 when I was, I was temporarily coaching the CS team at the, at the minor for, for London major. I was simultaneously also filming vlogs on my phone and then also doing social media and editing those videos on my phone. Um, and that prepared you for TikTok. Uh, <laughs> while trying to coach the team and help them, you know, perform. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've done it all. But but th at the time in 2019, especially for us, you know, if we talk about N specifically, you know, of course, there was a pressure of attending events and be visible because we wanted to be, a, because these discussions, these discussions for, for this partnership league started during 2019. Uh, and we wanted to you know, perform, we wanted to attend these events um, so that, you know, they wouldn't forget about us because we obviously were not the big dogs in that discussions. We were kind of, you know, because they, they wanted us to be a part of it. So uh, we, we try to tag along. 
and uh, be in those discussions. So, of course, it has an effect on it. You know, this is at the end of the day, this is a business. We're trying to pay people money to to do this, right? The players and the people behind the behind the behind the scenes. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's a, it's such a weird because we've been talking about like the bubble and everything for years, right? That I know a lot of people attempt, attempt, seem to have that standpoint. I'm I'm of a, a firm believer that you know maybe we, that the hand that feeds us being Valve, if people's salaries weren't so out of control, and you know you're getting a lot of money if you do make it to a major, and I know that's going to depend on how much the community wants to invest in towards the stickers and signatures and everything that goes that way, um, and maybe the prize money when we move into next year. Well, I guess we haven't heard it's getting a bump, right? So I don't know why I would even make that assumption. But, you know, you wonder what type of a living the best players in the world in Counter-Strike could make within a year if you take away the agents taking 10%, if you take away the orgs taking a percentage of of the, the sticker money, right? Like, I've always just wondered what it would be like if we just had six people or five, because we know Valve hates coaches, Um but like, like, what type of of a life could they live? And obviously, not as well structured. We wouldn't have all this awesome content that's coming out from from all the different orgs and stuff. Those things wouldn't exist. But I just wonder what, <laughs> because I, that's what I that's what I feel like Jesus. Valve would like, right? Like people just rock up and they play the majors and they make some money. Jesus yeah, Christ, well, the, that's romantic. <laughs> that's that's romantic, and that's going back to when you and me were in our you know late, like almost twenty, enjoying Counter Strike, having a good time. We you know put up a team together, went to a local. Blanc Cafe. Don't tell me the dream's dead now, too. Is the dream dead? The dream is fucking dead, man. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, welcome to 2023, almost 2024. You know, these these players of today are spoiled little babies. Um, Wait, a, that's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> I quite literally, like, they need, they, they need, you know, people around them to change their diapers, you know, make sure they can check in on their flight. Like, they're not like us, Chad. They're, they're different okay. breed. And they've lived in a different reality. We we can't compare our, ourselves to what they are these days. And it's it's fine that they're babies. It's just who they are. They're exceptionally talented people at their craft, and that's fine. We're used to it. You know that's why we have all this stuff. You know to help them, a team managers, performance coaches, and all this kind of stuff. It's because there's more resource also, and and we want to not leave any stone unturned to try and help them perform at their best level in a hectic environment. But nowadays, with a lot of public pressure, social media, all that kind of shit, right? So, yeah, that dream, that dream was dead a long time ago. Yeah, everything's built up so, around them so that they can focus on those skills yeah. and focus on those talents and having them manifest at the right moments. Yeah, must be nice. But what do we, what do we do when we, when we look forward, right? So we go open, we go open. Um, I've lost the word. Uh, what's the fucking word? Open. What, how have I lost the word? Something to open. Uh, no, but like an, uh, an open calendar, circuit? like a fuck, yeah, an open circuit. That's the one. We go open circuit come twenty twenty five, right? What what would be ideal? It, would something like I was saying where the the tos that want to continue to have a bunch of events and they want to incentivize you to attend there, like so. Let's just say we live in this world. Valve come in and they say, okay, to have an event that will qualify you to earn points to go towards the major every year, you need to do this, 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 and this, right? It has to be this type of format, has to be this much prize money, needs to be these type of conditions, right? That, that's all quite up in the air. I'm, I'm being quite vague with all of that because I, d- I don't know what Valve would want to say for those things, but let's just say that exists. And then it comes along and like ESL and Blast and let's say PGO comes back in and they're all they're all fighting to get your attention, right? Now, that, let's say Valve makes sure there's a cap on prize money so they can't put, like people just can't come in and do fucking stupid stuff and do like 50 million or 
else. I think just to uh, things have to be somewhat reasonable. There have to be good offerings because I know ESL and Blast look after their players and teams very well, right? They're flying out a certain amount of people. There's certain conditions that are expected and, and all of these things to help incentivize teams to plan it. And then there's a rev share right that maybe it's not as lavish because as you don't have the exclusive like tied in nature that you have right now is is that a, is that something that can work like how how we how we meant to to make this a business for every, for everybody that can be merit based but the teams who are playing well can make profit yeah i mean i think that that's a very tough question to like find a single answer to and i kind of want to roll back to something i meant to say earlier um, also, like we're all kind of reliant on one party in this, and we all know who that party is. Valve. They are the IP. They are the IP owner. At the end of the day, tomorrow they can say, "Fuck you all." You know, there's no esports in Counter Strike anymore. We're all just going to be for the casual stuff. You know, they're going to keep on buying the the cases and and whatever they'll release, and they'll feel happy about. It. You know, they they won't blink an eye. I guess. You know, they could even decide tomorrow that there's not going to be any stickers at the next major for whatever reason. From what I understood, mm-hmm. they did some changes in the Dota uh, TI or majors or whatever in terms of the stuff you can buy and uh, the revenue that goes to teams. So they could technically, you know, say, ah, we've printed enough money. You know, we're good. So you guys don't need anything else either. Um, I just wish this is, you know, obviously dream world. This will never happen. But I wish we had some kind of a way to kind of uh, voice our concerns from our different perspectives. Because we all come from a different angle. Us, like me being a co-owner of a team, I have an angle, right, that I'm looking at. I have an agenda. I have my issues, my daily daily problems that I have to pull through to operate a Counter-Strike team. Then you have the players and the agents. I'll put them in the same category. They have their concerns. They have their issues. Then you have the TOs. They have their problems. They have their issues. They have their budgeting problems and this, that, and the other. Uh... And then obviously Valve, as the IP owner, they have their own concerns. I wish we could just have this circle of con- connection at least, you know, every now, once once in a while to voice our concerns and then try and find that some sort of a medium out of those issues where we could find that path going forward. But the unfortunate fact is that Valve has decided that their way of doing communications is that it doesn't exist. Uh, and so we will never have those conversations. So then eventually what ends up is that we're again making our best guesstimates of what's happening in the future and and we'll keep on juggling and we'll keep on being in these cycles you kind of suggested chad where uh every three to five years we will just kind of try to reinvent the wheel once again in the meantime while we could have these connections we could discuss these issues openly between each other and then perhaps we could actually find a model that makes everyone happy can't help but notice you didn't put any broadcast talent in that little circle. Well, I mean, of, uh, you could, you could, <laughs> I'm just fucking yeah. with you. I'm fucking with you. Know, I, I mean, there, you know. But I think I think if if everybody else is doing well, then we would by proxy do well. Yeah, as well, yeah, right? yeah. No, like, I'm just yeah, fucking yeah. around. But I, I think I think one of the hard things to balance here is if we're looking for something that is merit based, then the problem is the powers that be right now, right? The, the top TOs right now or the top teams right now. 
they say you always have to have just the general assumption that it's to protect themselves, right? As opposed to making sure that this is something which is open and can work for everybody. Because of course, you know, I, I would imagine if I was in your position, I would want my business to thrive, right? I would I would want to be able to stay for the next 10 years and be profitable and make sure that, that my, my position is secure. Whereas like, that's why I wonder what the philosophy of Valve is. Is it, do they even give a fuck about that? Like that's that's one of the, the things and you bang on like with the communication, do they care? And I hope they do care because these are communities that have, especially with some some business like yours, right? Like what you, the way you were talking about it before, like someone's on a call at 10 o'clock at night from a house party, people will come into work because they love what they do. It's not this like VC spawned fucking behemoth that's just rolling to spend money, make a top team and then disappear in a couple of years. This is actually something that's meant to be sustainable and have growth and uh, be, be a community thing for well, a region, even though your team isn't Finnish, I'm sure Ents has a big impact on the way esports is done in Finland, right? So these, this, a team like yours is a good bl- blueprint for what we would hope to have more of um, as opposed to some of these other businesses which we know are just hemorrhaging cash, right? So uh, to find this balance, I, I don't know. This is the thing. We know Valve have been hands-off for, for quite a long time. And is it something that's going to find it? Because this is the thing that I always thought with the TOs. Are they just literally allowing these TOs to fight until they go, oh, well, fight, poking each other in the eye and throwing sand in each other's face isn't working. Maybe we should be friends. Like, was that their actual thought? Because these guys are going to try and drown each other until the fucking cows come home. Like, I, I, I don't know. First of all, I don't know how we monetize our audience. Like, that's we, we've just given people shit for free for fucking 10 years now. Oh, God. And then on top of that, what it, how yeah i just it's it seems it seems like we're fucked but everything keeps running i, I don't i try that's why i try not to question it so much I, you know we're still running i have a i have a question for you because uh, there, there was a lot in there i think there's a couple things chad i want to i want to build on but i think first i wanted to ask not to because you, you brought up like the the idea that you know everything's controlled by the ip owner who is valve but um and says you guys have had under that organization you guys have been part of a number of games. I mean, right now you're mostly focused on Counter-Strike, but I know you have an NHL guy who does uh, NHL game. I know, I think you've had a Rocket League team in the past. You've had StarCraft, a really, really strong StarCraft II player. Um, is there any developer or IP owner that you think has has done things really well? Uh, not necessarily. I think you know, there's always okay. flaws with everything. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's really... If, if someone had crack the code i think everyone would copy it right if someone really yeah. mm. really made 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 a model that made was sustainably working long term everyone would have copied it by now right so i think everyone is still kind of juggling what is the right course of action um there are for sure different um developers that are much more open like even we have dialogue with different developers uh, publishers who we are not even part of their game today but We'll have checkups like once a year, you know, what's happening, what are the future plans, uh, what's the roadmap going to be like, is there something that could be of interest for us, you know, we are having those discussions as we speak with different publishers. Uh, and then we kind of, you know, weigh in the pluses and the minuses and, and you know, kind of see if, if there's something that, that we could actually go for in the future. Uh, but no, I don't think there's any model right now that has been shown that is super good because otherwise everyone would have already copied it. Overwatch League is pretty good. Yeah, or the CDL. 
<laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. It's probably models. probably single, single handedly why so many so many big big companies have been burned by esports. Is, is well, that's the thing. Those <laughs> motherfuckers had the contacts to all the big sponsors, and because our game has guns and we say terrorist and counter terrorist, then they don't come anywhere near us. They go to that dog shit and it fucking it blows up. Who would have thought? Oh wow! So ah, the grass is green. Great, awesome. <laughs> the, that's great. The other point that Chad made that I wanted to, to ask you about and build upon because I f- I feel like. You know, one of the common grounds I, I I feel like I've seen between teams and TOs um, from conversations over the years is like that that desire that like the, everyone's asking the same question of how do we monetize the fan base better? How do we get people to start paying for things that they've you know historically gotten for free for ten years? And it's not like trying to reduce you know the fans and the viewers to just like a monetary figure, like not trying to to, to minimize them at all, but you know, that, that is the, the question at the end of the road, so to speak, where it's like this, this feels like it needs to happen at some point because everyone's trying to solve this problem and nobody knows how to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, we fucked up as a, as a community a long time ago. Uh, I'll, I'll roll back the gears. Um, I think at least Chad and Yanko, we shared some time, uh, doing some EPL for, on, on Facebook gaming. Yeah. The day. Yes, indeed. We were talking about that just <laughs> yeah, before, Nazi. When I took off it's come my full pants. circle. <laughs> okay, come full no circle. No pants Friday. <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah. 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 Good times. Good times. Um. And uh, remember the community outrage for the fact that it was shown on Facebook Gaming exclusively. Like, yeah, they love people it. were freaking pissed off about it. And I realized the platform was not great. I mean, it was definitely not as good as something like Twitch. But that's one of the fundamental issues we've had is that we've basically pushed away all the alternatives. So if you're not on Twitch, you don't exist. So then Twitch is like, what the fuck should we pay for this content? But everyone's going to want to come here just because we are are Twitch, right? This is the angle of of selling broadcasting rights, essentially. Exactly. And that's that's a big, that's a big revenue stream in all major sports. Uh, and, and we fucked up in that regard, but also like, if you think about, of traditional sports, you know, back in the day, we used to, at least in Finland, we used to get a lot of the major sports for free on public channels. That was the norm. And then slowly, slowly they started going behind pay-per-view or like, you know, subscription-based services, Mm. right. Or cable TV, whatever. Uh, and eventually, you know, it's, it's not now that the streaming platforms have come as a part of it they are also struggling massively um so i'm not even sure if if that's the answer to be fair you know vsat which is a big player uh all across europe basically for they have a lot of they own a lot of um big properties like f1 for example they they show nhl for example here in finland and whatnot they've come to a point where they own so much of the different properties that they have to price their their service like i think in finland it's like 45 euros a month (laughs) Which is what? just absolutely absurd, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But for like an affordable price, I feel like if we just kind of bit the bullet at some point in time, I feel like, you know, what is the alternative really other than, you know, taking money from people to, to consume? Because I know a lot of those people will not be there who are like, I'm not spending anything on it. But the reality is that are those people that are willing to spend that whatever, let's say 10 years a month uh, to view let's say, ESL tournaments, are those fans, hard, you know, it's bad for me to say this, you know, I feel bad saying this, but are they more valuable than the fans that are not willing to spend a dime? 
what's what's your thought sure. guys yeah they are more I, valuable 100 I mean, yeah, yeah yeah they're yeah. less people but they're more willing to spend money yeah i think yeah. it's something we also see you know for events like cologne some of the biggest events we have the tickets that go the fastest are the premium ones and the more expensive ones right so i think there's still room to to figure out a model that could work better at the very least and i think as you were talking about the players they're so spoiled i think the fans are pretty spoiled too right <laughs> like i mean not our, not our fans i just want to let the record show not no, our fans not we, the guys listening our fans to, are great. To right now no our fans are the best don't call me spoiled i'm a fan they've been with us <laughs> through audio issues they've been with us through video desyncing issues they're great they're mental loyal. issues <laughs> all kinds of issues we have on this podcast but i think it's just also right like even when you watch a game on on tv right you watch like a football game whatever it is you know like let's say you're at your parents house you know someone's paying the bills for that you know for cable tv at the very least but it's just like that's so you're so used to it like you're paying for your internet now i i guess you know in Serbia it's packaged like the tv comes with the internet and it's the same provider yada 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 and obviously you're going to pay for the internet and through that you pay for like all that content right on the tv channels or whatever i don't know what your fucking tv so i think if, if you were just taught and and you you know it just has to start happening you have to pay something ridiculous like five bucks a fucking month you know to be able to enjoy let's say it's five bucks a month to watch both esl and blast right like all the tournaments like come on man like you're supposed to that that should be good enough well this is this is where it gets into an interest this is where it gets into the more complicated side of, of the situation because if like even even if like people had made the switch to Facebook to watch ESL Pro League, or, or even if we use this example of where you pay five bucks a month and you get you get blast in ESL, but uh, what if you still get to watch PGL? What if you get to see the same teams competing in ESL and Blast that are now competing in like two other yeah, why two would other you pay leagues? For why it, yeah. would you pay for it if you still get the same Counter Strike, the same teams, the same formats in an arena through a different TO? And that's where it gets a little bit more complicated because then that five dollars you know there's no there's no value inherent in that because you're paying for something that you could get for free elsewhere but then is it just better to run a bare bones like event right like is it what instead of doing like all this grand production and everything and going into like we know with ESO because we've been working a lot on this with them in recent times is like all the extra content and coming up with this stuff and having all of it. Like, do, is the content even generating them any revenue that's worthwhile? Or are we better on or better off just like putting on the most bare bones event possible, just go from game into a desk just so you can get your sponsor, you know, you can get your sponsor uh, time up on air and then you go back into a game and you just run that. You just run events like that. Like with, with all this grandeur and everything else we're doing around it that obviously costs money, we think it's cool. I think it's really cool. We get to like expand on the stories and do all this other content. But it, does the viewer? Do they give a fuck? Like, what's the? Are we are we maybe spending too much money or much time on things like that when we should just be running a basic fucking event? I, I, I guess is that I mean, is that something that we should look at trying to cut I mean, cost on. Yeah, I was just gonna say like I'm the kind of guy not only for CS. I love that stuff. Like I watch. I love watching all the all the. Like I typically speak, like if if there's a pre like a long pre-show thing going on, I'll have it on my second monitor. And I'll listen in while working, for example, if it comes in the middle of the day. But then maybe I'm a you know, extreme example here. But the same applies for me. I'm willing to pay for watching. Like I love hockey. I'm a fan, right? So um, I'm willing to pay more to have more content. You know, even if if there was a free option for something that I really wanted to watch, I'd be okay paying 
you know when it whatever it was 10 15 20 euros uh for for the extra for the extra side content. yeah 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 100 i mean I Yanko, like Yanko does that with the nfl yeah and all the power to you Yanko. i think it's uh, that's more than reasonable you know no, I think it's. But, uh, it comes. You pay for things you like, right? That's how life kind of. <laughs> no, no, works. yeah. I think it's just the 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 thing we talk about all that extra. I think it's important. Stories are important because people. That's why they get hooked to shit. Like I started watching. Like it 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 was the same for me with the NFL. Like okay, I learned the game. The game is kind of exciting. But then you see all the content that they have around it, all the cool stories, the rivalries, and obviously time needs to pass. Like they have seventy. Okay, they will say a hundred years let's say of history, but probably around 70 years of relevant game history, right? And that's where Counter-Strike is special compared to other esports. It's the only one that sort of persisted and on a high level that has the players and the viewers and the tournaments where it's been around for 20 fucking years. Like Natus here now, he built a fucking org, right? Uh, in, in Finland, he used to compete at one of the first fucking tournaments with Finnish players, travel to the fucking US when Jason was like out there and cheering for Daddy Nato, then Jason played, then Jason commentated, then he coached the team, right? Like we we, we have all these personalities. I... Now we're even seeing guys from like a bit of a younger generation like me. Like I started competing when it was like, you know, Neo and Taz and Zonic. And now, now you're seeing all these guys moving into the coaching positions right like taking the next step in their career so there's so many storylines right that you can tap into like even taz alluded to himself you know like me and neo at the start of our playing careers we were the biggest rivalry in poland like we were on two opposite teams you know a lot of people like don't even know that so maybe now we'll develop that rivalry again just as coaches right like you can just make a fucking 40 minute doesn't even have to be super long like a 20 minute content piece just around that like pile out get some old footage or just get them talking bang 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 all of a sudden you're watching g2 phase you're fucking holy shit like these two guys like there's that storyline obviously nico coming in from phase but that's already a little bit old at this point you know and all this different stuff and then people who are watching are like yeah you know there's a lot of people there who fucking just don't understand counter-strike on a super high level and that's normal i don't fucking understand the nfl on an insane high level i'm understanding like some of the basic concepts and shit but there's so much going on like for someone who's never played and recently started watching it's like i don't fucking know what the the a gap is and he's running this round against this coverage i'm just like fucking sick catch bro and then the guy explains it after like sort of what happened so it's the same thing for Counter-Strike, it's like, yeah, people will get some of the basic stuff, why things are happening the way they're happening. Casters help with that during games. Analysts help with that pre-post game. But it's like also these stories, like they're into it. Now they're like, they're starting to find things to cheer for, right? Like heroes or anti-heroes, right? Villains. And I, I think that's what gets people, to, oh, now they want to see like, oh, a month from now, two months from now, they're playing again in the playoffs. Oh, I want that this is gonna be a good game. Like they they want revenge for the last one or or whatever it is, you know, that there's a rivalry going on. And that's why I think those stories are really important. And also, sure, we can I'm going on a rant a little bit, but even like with all the like the Zoomer generation, we're always thinking about Gen Z and how the fuck do we please the TikTok generation? Who cares? Our audience isn't only like young people. We have people who don't even play the game anymore, who are in their fucking 40s, who are going to tune in into a tournament. They don't want you to reference fucking 
I don't know what the latest TikTok meme is. You know, they just want someone to talk like a normal human being and cast the game and sort of explain the game. I, th- I think that's being like overlooked. And the most important thing about that, that's the motherfuckers who's going to pay you like a hundred bucks for some shit. The people exactly. with That's the guys who are going to spend their money, account. right? And who are going to get their kid, take them to a fucking Counter-Strike tournament, whatever game it is. We're talking about Counter-Strike, you know? So I think like there's this also a, a bit of a wrong perception about who we should be targeting. Of course, you can't neglect the young players, the viewers and all of that stuff, but you can't tailor your broadcast for them either or your product you can do both i mean yeah yeah you you have to you should yeah yeah, look at the revival f1 has had ever since liberty media came into the picture Uh, yeah i don't know if any of you guys follow any any f1 but with the netflix series i I reference it a lot i mean it's a great example yeah the netflix series drive to survive but then also they have their tiktok game on point but they also have a lot of extra content you can dive yourself into if you're super into it so you're covering both of those corners. I mean, for Counter-Strike, as a Counter-Strike example, you know, I go to a LAN party three times a year to play Left 4 Dead 2, <laughs> a game from... You know, it's pretty <laughs> old, right? Nerd. <laughs> I know, right? But we're, like, I'm the youngest at LAN party. Let me, let's just put it that way, and I'm 38. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, and they, they all also follow ENS and Counter-Strike, and we always have, if there's games going on, we'll have them on the TV, you know, we'll have watch parties. So... You know, those are exactly the type of people that Bianco is referring to, and they have disposable income. They're willing to spend for that kind of stuff. So uh, there is a way to kind of do both of those things well. Which is also, I mean, fucking the F1 this year is like you come into every race, you know who's going to win the race. Yeah. And people still tune in, right? Like that's also a, you you have to have the, the skill to 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 do that. You know, it's not really exciting this season, like at least at the very top. You know, even the last couple of seasons, you had Mercedes dominated for so long and whatnot. No one was even close to them, right? And for you to be able to create engagement and get people to tune in and stuff when you kind of know who's going to be the winner, like that sounds pretty crazy that, that you're able to to do that. And actually, I mean, I was making one point, but now that you mentioned F1, you know, the old uh, sort of main guy at F1 for a long time was Bernie Eccleston. And one of... One of the reasons, like, why he didn't want to change things was kind of this thing. is like, why do I care about young people? You know, they're not going to spend money. They're not the ones who wear the Rolex or or whatever and so on. But it was a backwards way of thinking because as soon as Liberty Media, like, took over and, and kind of changed the approach when it comes to how do they market it and obviously Drive to Survive and the Netflix series, like, everything just exploded. And obviously they managed to really tap into the US market where they now you have also a Miami race, a Las Vegas race and all this shit. So yeah. And drivers who understand uh, who, who stream, like when especially when COVID kicked in and they took do races, mm. you had, you know, virtual races, you had all most like a lot of the F1 drivers doing doing races online, gaming other things. So like Landon Norris, I think is like a he calls himself a full time streamer and a part time F1 driver. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, they've of course, they're happy to have these kind of individuals also that are helping their narrative, but they, they are the ones uh, pushing it and, and doing a really, really good job with it. What's it? What is our? What are our figures though? Like, I'm not trying to compare it to F1, but like, what are we dealing with? Something that's even a reasonable amount of viewers to warrant what we're talking about? Do we have a big enough fan base? Do we have a lot enough people that enjoy Counter Strike? Like, I, 
I don't compare our figures to other shit. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm so just Counter-Strike focused. I don't know what the, the rest of the world is even but fucking looking at. You like. don't even need to think, think of it this way. Do we have cool fucking stories to tell? Well, yeah, of course. Then just fucking tell them, you know? <laughs> like if we think it would be interesting for people, it would be. It, it is. It is fucking interesting shit, at least for our audience. Even for like more general audience, also that's because also Counter-Strike is easy to understand when you fucking watch it. It's point and shoot, right? There's no characters spells and fucking ultimates it's just rifles and grenades you know so i think we should just be doing mm. what we can sure now obviously from the standpoint of how much money should be spent on it compared to some other things but i to to do a decent enough job out of it you don't need like a ton of cash to create fucking content you need a camera and a you know microphone and a light and then you need a, a guy to fucking find dig up some footage and an editor to tie it all together you know we're not talking hundreds of thousands for that sort of a stuff it's just about kind of building it right all right well, well here's another one are we trying to have, uh, have the cart before the horse here because what counter-strike at this I don't want to like professional Counter-Strike or Counter-Strike at the top level with people traveling and competing and different figures of money that's been going on for 20 years right but in terms of Counter-Strike at this level, let's just say a decade, which is also kind of a little bit off, right? Really, it's probably only, what, the last seven years, maybe? So uh, are we are we wanting too much too soon to think that this is possible now? Do we Is this something that is going to be a, a grind for another 10, 15, 20 years before it, you know, we, we do eventually find that solution? Because I assume with how popular this game has been, and obviously, I don't know what the advancements in technology is going to be like as far as video games are concerned. But let's consider we just continue on a path that we're on right now. Um, and keyboard, mouse, point and shoot, Counter-Strike. Like, there's no reason that this game can't exist if Valve keep putting out different iterations every 10 or so years or whatever the fuck they do, right? So with that in mind, is this something that is just going to grow into what we're talking about, but we're just talking about it too soon? Like, we're just, again, you know, just missing that boat just at that ground level? Or is this something that we think is actually possible to do now? I think it's. I think you almost have to start it now. Uh, I think you like. Yeah. Well, we are right, but like to say that we're not. Like we're here. All of us contribute in different ways and have done. Like Yanko was talking about throughout the lifespan of Counter Strike. But in terms of just like clicking our fingers and going, all right, let's make some money now, or let's get money out of these guys or those guys, or let's you know, can I don't know if that's. I think I don't know if we're asking too the, much too the soon. The problem was something that you also mentioned earlier that you guys mentioned when I was talking about paying for stuff is like you have another tournament around the corner with same or similar teams that would be for free so why would they pay for it now I think it's going to be difficult in the current landscape even for storylines because like you're you're building up a storyline let's say and then you know there's a different TO a month from now who's going to be focusing on some other things and their own tournament circuit and and that whole sort of a thing like it, you have to have kind of cohesion well there should only be one circuit right everything should be a funnel in towards the major and that's what i'm hoping happens in 2025 is that the events that people are attending are all just part of this big funnel for the final event of the season so everybody regardless it doesn't matter if you're a blast an esl a pgo a star ladder or whoever gives a fuck your event is on the context of okay these are the teams here this is what they're competing for at our event but at the end goal is this which i think we've always been pretty good at talking about what the end goal is things just got fucking muddied and murkied when we're having to talk about the pro tour or where people are actually taking the fucking blast spring group seriously it's like what, what 
that stuff has fucked stuff up in a big way because it's made it, it made it, I, it really disenchanted me. And there was a period of time there, maybe a year and a half ago or whatever. And I started the year and I was like, well, if the community is just fine with watching these fucking exhibition matches, I guess I just have to be fine with it. Like, uh, but that I think that's diluted a lot of well, the competitive I don't, I don't nature of what things. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I was just right. going to say that I don't think they're fine with it. It's just what they're being served. And that's where the best teams were. So, like, that's stopping you. Yeah. You know, those teams have to be there, not somewhere else in a more competitive, like, tournament. And you want to watch the best teams. And that's yeah. kind of it. I don't think they're too happy with it. I think probably reflects in the viewership, at least to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like a, there was a period of time there, and I don't, I, I don't even remember exactly when this was, but it just felt like people were okay with it. And I just, I, I at that point, I was just, like, oh, I, guess, I guess we're just accepting this. Like, and it's also difficult. And I don't know how do do, do you get much like pushback and flack? Um, you know, like with the stuff that you talk about when you're doing uh, your stuff in Finland, because obviously you're, you're attached to ENDS, so you're going to talk about things from that perspective. You obviously have your feelings about Blast and you're an ESL partner team. Do you get many detractors in, in your scene? Sorry, I zoned out. I completely zoned out. Hey. Ask that question. <laughs> no, you're all right. No, you're fine. You're all right. I was just asking if you get many detractors like uh, in the Finnish scene because you're, you're right. obviously you're talking about things from, from an ENDS perspective and ENDS are a, a Louvre agreement partner team, so ESL not Blast. Do you get like many people calling you out on that type of stuff? Uh, like, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more? Like, Pulling that up. So for like for me, for example, right? I can't talk about anything from ESL in a positive light because people just call me like an ESL uh-huh. shit, right? Like I, uh, like the 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 community groundswell around me. It's a little bit more aggressive these days than that. But essentially, like I'm in a position where if I want to express myself about so the JKS is a great example, right? Like the the dialogue around that is is crazy. Like I'm just telling what I've been told by having a discourse with the guy who was there, right? Mm-hmm. And just the way that that framing is just it's just like. It, it, it it's really demotivating right it just makes you go well why the fuck will i say anything then like i'm just do you get essentially do you get your expertise like almost negated because you have like you have you know certain leanings due to where you get your information and what your incentives are oh like here in finland yeah with yeah. your content i i mean i don't feel like it i i feel like you know i've been able to uh kind of like i i like for example when we do the podcast we do in Finnish. Uh, kind of the, the whole thing is that I'll try to position myself as a Counter-Strike enjoyer when we do the podcast and mm. not a co-owner of a team, okay. right? Of course, yeah. uh, and then specifically, right? But uh, of course, there are discussions like, especially recently with all the, the roster rumors and turmoil that's going to be going on. So we've kind of had a funny approach where my counterpart has been speculating about it. And then I'll just have like an input <laughs> or two um, that I'll, I'll put, put in there not saying anything right and we found a way to figure that out right and i don't like we only get like everyone just listens to it like they love it and they they just wish we would be doing more i think we did 24 episodes so i think we're gonna do a 25th for this year um so i don't i don't feel like it you know it's most like you know there's people that hate hate the the shit out of me because they think i kicked alexi b from men's in 2019 personally and i yeah, okay. threw him out yeah. so there's there are some outliers out there that think I've, I've ruined Finnish Counter Strike, but uh, feels to me like majority is typically like kind of quote unquote thankful, you know, for putting up with all this bullshit for a better part of well more than twenty years. Twenty years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, so, fair enough. Yeah, I'm fine. All right, uh. Natsu, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. I know you got you got you got dinner coming up with the family. Yeah, um, 
What are you having for dinner? Uh, that's Elk. a very good question. I obviously was here and I wasn't cooking. So how the hell should I know? Uh, you fire, I you know, fire maybe up the you get like a menu at the start of every day. <laughs> that's always, that's always the a... tastiest dinner when, when someone else makes it for you. Yeah, exactly. It's oh, chat. Even if I would wish for it, I don't live in a hotel. So no, I don't get a daily menu. <laughs> uh, my wife keeps telling me that, that I don't live in a hotel. You get that, you get that business class flight menu. This is what your appetizer is going to be. This is your choice for the main course, fish or steak. I, I would be lying if I said that we've never actually had this conversation or that she's never said this to me, that I don't live in a hotel because <clears throat> it might seem well, like it sometimes. Well, hey, bring it up and let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave her a tip. See how that goes. <laughs> That's All a right, great, hey, great marriage advice. Uh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for your time, Yuta. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Have bro. a good one. Hey, keep doing what you guys are doing. It's a, it's a fun podcast. I'm a fan. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Thanks man. John. Appreciate it. Will Thank you be man. one of the first ones to get a jockstrap when we actually make them? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know about the jockstrap yet. All right. Later. See you, bro. Bye. Peace. Well, We're almost at two hours. Well, I know. We haven't even, yeah. Well, this is the thing that I like. I, I, I didn't realize how many guests we we're going to have. I know you me- mentioned Nati the other day, and then I was talking to Rush today. But we have so much from the Discord that I'm sure people were probably wanting us to talk about that we didn't talk about. I feel like the next episode we do should almost exclusively be about talking about shit that's happened in the Discord and people's questions there. Yeah, and yeah, like and I mean, we're, we're, we're coming up we're with some bullshit up- awards. We're hitting up the we're hitting up the the player break as well. So we've got we've got some episodes that are going to be a little bit light on activity within the scene that we can we can tackle a bunch of that stuff too. I didn't I didn't expect for us to talk to Natsu for like an hour and a half to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, well we covered a lot of topics. Yeah, that was good. We didn't we didn't solve world peace at all. No, but like when you get someone like that who has that different perspective from from the team perspective, it was like, okay, this is like a chance to fire fire all the ammunition in terms of, you know, getting questions answered from a different perspective that the audience obviously isn't isn't always privy to and even us usually get more of an angle from from the TOs that we that we work for uh, than than the teams. Yeah. I know that um, there's a couple of them have interesting ways to not like a pay-per-view model, but I, I can't. I don't really want to talk about. It. I don't want to fucking give away their ideas because they haven't actually followed through with it yet. But there's some, I know like people are thinking of ways to uh, I don't know alleviate some of the pressure that we're that is being felt within the scene. But this is the one thing, and I, and I, I kind of alluded. Well, I didn't allude it to it. It just you know the light stays on with what we're doing, and there must be a reason for that. I don't know if it's because everybody just feels like Counter-Strike, you know, is is the one and everyone's just trying to stay in this arms race until one day everything is like hugely profitable or whatever. But it goes, I think, to the point that you were making as well, Yanko, about the history of the game and the stories of the game. Like it, this isn't just like a, you know, fly-by-night thing. It's not just a game that's going to be around for three years and then we fuck off to the next title um, where it gets rehashed. Like this, this is something that actually has a lot of personality to it. So I think that's probably one of the key reasons as to why we're in such a, a good position. Yeah. And, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right, you're right. I was just going to say what I talked about, about the co- cohesion part of things. I mean, at the start, you had the NBA and the ABA. Then they merged. You had the NFL and the AFL. Then they merged, right? Like you you had, and now there's only one football league. I mean, the main one, the, the big one in, in the NFL is like some smaller ones they're about to start because they're trying to fill the offseason in the NFL. There's only the NBA, right? And their uh, G League, which is a development league for development players, sort of like an academy league. So that's why then it's easier to bundle all things, right? Like bundle deals and and do all that shit. Easier to build the storylines because everyone's playing just that one league for 
whatever 50 60 years now right and and it helps you with building storylines so i think that ultimately you feel like has to be what happens in Counter-Strike 2, but I don't want to get into it because it's a super complicated topic because in sports, no one owns basketball. In Counter-Strike, Valve owns Counter-Strike. And it's not, it's it, it, it's not you know, they have their own, like, like Nato was saying, there's all these different parties. And I think we talked plenty about politics business. and business yeah. and all that, all that stuff. So yeah, I guess... For for this one, we can still just touch on the world finals, for one. Yeah, I didn't see the the grand final itself because uh, I was on on an, an airplane. But uh, you know, from from what I saw over all of the the Counter Strike, it's just vitality and phase, yeah. and then everybody else either had their their. Uh, well, I don't want to say not. It's not excuses, but there's different like issues as to different like obviously Mal's with a stand-in. You know, you could talk about Navi or G two, I suppose, with a, with a little bit more. Man, I guess what, 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 what I could talk for G two about the fucking way they still manage to lose <laughs> games, man. I just I just can't. I even tweeted it out. It's like I can't believe it. Like it's so bizarre. Like it is truly bizarre the way in which they lose some of these rounds, man. Like you can't explain it. It, it it really is inexplicable. Like the Alexi B round. All right, they're thinking he's saving. There's two guys, bottom banana, Hunter and Hooksy. Monesi is playing, whatever. He was small pit. And then Nexa was like somewhere towards short or, or, or something like that or default. And then Monesi dies. And you can even see like, I think on the minimap, like Hunter and Hooksy or, Hunt, or one of them sort of stop kind of to see, okay, this, this should I go back now? And then, goes towards banana still like goes towards b still and then only after like an extra two seconds starts going back to to a and then there's like the next also showing himself and kind of i don't know i didn't see it from his pov did he try to trade with monesi immediately or whatever like he should have just played for time once monesi dies and then you know he can't do that because alexi just rushes him in a way and and, and gets the kill and just defuses the bomb and G2 who yeah. was up like 5-0 at the time or 5-1, you know, that's how they lose around in a 4v1 with the bomb down. Like, it's ridiculous. And then after that, they also lose. But, the, you know, people, it's not that. It's like the next round really broke them. But that round would have fucked Navi up. Navi doesn't go for, like, the aggressive play in the next round if they don't have the money by, by uh, winning the defuse from Alexi. And also, the fact that Swanee didn't take a timeout after that round kind of shows you like you know why it's best that they, they have a new coach <laughs> like you have to fucking take that's like a thing where you like think it just has to you have to take a fucking time out and call something for the team and just give them a little bit of like words it's like hey fuck it shift shit happens we're owning them let's just focus uh, on this round like let's make sure we're focused if they try something aggressive you maybe make a call that you have against something like that and that's it that's all you do that's all you need to do right? Instead, you know that everyone's like fucking wondering how the fuck did this happen? They're still thinking about it and then there's five seconds left in freeze time and then you're leaving spawn and you're like still shell-shocked about the round. Like you have to, it's like in basketball, you have to take a timeout to sort of stop worse shit from happening. And they played really well against FaZe. That was a really good game. Counter-Strike, Nexa had some of his moments, clutches, nice clutches and stuff, right? It felt like, I can't even remember how and that game ended like I, I knew they were in a position to win the series against phase two and they sort of fucked it up 
like they threw it away um and then against navi two on the second map then on the third map Ima just comes in like he's owning nico yard um and then they just wrecked them on the on the decider and all of a sudden g2 is fifth and sixth right when they could have been like in the semi-final uh and actually yeah probably were not going to be vitality but yeah they no i, I don't think the they were i don't four. think they were going to be them i think they like you know they would be them one out of five times in in these in these current situations only if they like sort of kind of popped off but yeah it's just like I, I really like i can't like put my finger on it and this this has been the case for the last like fucking whatever two years three years it just these games like keep happening like they're they're there they're playing well like they're about to win the game close it out and then some shit happens like in the middle of a game that completely turns the the match on its head and and you know costs them the the match but were you happy with what you saw, Yanko? Because I know when we were talking about the team last time, you know, you, 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 I don't know, not hugely impressed, right, by the the roster that had you know, been assembled. I'm, essentially, just I'm mostly impressed. I mean, I can't even say impressed, but I really liked what was coming out from Taz in the interviews and stuff. All the stuff that we talked about is like, okay, he needs to focus on these things, but can he do it? You know, does it, he is inexperienced, but okay, he's a very experienced player leader. Everything he said sounded like he understands what he needs to do and that also he has an idea or a plan of how he is going to do it right so that gives me confidence for the future there was nothing like realistically that g2 could have done here you know both vitality and phase are just just so ahead of the rest of these teams that i don't think you know especially vitality that they could have beaten them um if they faced them but that you know it wasn't really important for them in that sense it's more like having some of those good moments and i think for next also individually to have a couple of good holds a couple of good clutches you know get them fired up a little bit so that they so that he also feels like hey i can actually do this i'm sure that he probably had some confidence issues you know because he's been kind of away from the tier one games and and and, and important matches for a while ever since he left g2 for og so some of those things, I mean, Nico not having outside of that one map really against FaZe or, or, or one or on, on, in, Nico, on Inferno it? T side as well, seems like he's still kind of getting into the swing of things when it comes to the new game and this new lineup. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens for them. Yeah. Yes, but this is the thing. It's early days with a lot of these teams, right? And and not only that, you have some question marks about a bunch of them. That that's my big thing. So going into next year, this is where, like the, this event is just where we where we leave off twenty twenty three, and we leave off twenty twenty three with Vitality being the best team in the world and Phase the ones nipping at the heels. And outside of that, then the conversation is quite open. Right, I think at this point is where you really start going. Okay, well, who are Mao's going to get? Were they happy with Brolin? Do they want to look elsewhere? Did, can they can they keep themselves up within that top, you know, five conversation? G two. Okay, with Nexa, let's say that this is just a, a lateral move, and they're in the same kind of position they're in with JKS, which means that they can be competitive, right? They can be a competitive team, and if they have if they have Nico and Monacy playing well, then they can win, right? That that's the conversation that's existed with G two regardless. <laughs> Um, then you started to look at, okay, Na'Vi, are they showing good growth? Well, I remember yeah. uh, making a tweet when that event was on, and I think that they're still playing within the structure that Alexia and Blade won, and they're not taking like risks as individuals. And you need to see more from Emma. One good map is not enough. Um, 
Wonderful still has a lot of room for growth. So they're not on the tip of my tongue as a team who I think are like primed and ready to be in the conversation for trophies. Virtus Pro, they're lurking in the water, right? This is a team that yes. is definitely going to be dangerous. Always fucking fucking flip yes. and fame in that. Like they're a scary team. They um, won Atlanta. Uh, then, yeah, a complexity are the one that has left a bad taste in the mouth for me because, and I've I've made this comment a couple times, and I see I've seen both sides of it. So I've seen people go, "Oh no, but they're still a contender." I've seen people say, "The Sponge, they were never a contender." And I think that when you make when you make the grand final um, in Sydney, you put yourself on on the map as a team. It's like, oh shit, okay, they can play, right? And we're thinking they're breaking down some barriers. Alicia's in the team now; they're taking that next step up, right? Are, are they like a massive unit of a roster, like a Vitality, like a Phase? No, but are they a team that if they go into an event and they're playing well could they make a make a run for the trophy i thought so i don't know if i do now because it's been a dog shit end it's, of the year for them it like, was just a, fucking pathetic it was such a huge slip up too like it would have been one thing if they lost and like got eliminated you know in the quarters to like a vp even an apex but like getting banged out in three maps by mongols across the best of one and then the best of three deciders that that one that one really hurts that Jason, like really scuffs the image tell yep. us what is it that happens to grim whenever he's on a team with a leash uh, <laughs> because he's you no know, people are also PTSD. saying like, where the fuck is Grim? Like, what happened to him? Yeah, he's he's. It seems like he's lost a step, like lost a little bit of confidence in the way he plays. But but I think too, you know, it, it is it is something where you you make room for someone like like Elise. You know, like when Grim was kind of the guy on the team before Elise joined, and in the in the early days after Elise joins, it looks like there was a lot more um, sharing of that duty in terms of in terms of Grim stepping up. But I think in reality, the big the, the thing Grim's always going to have to work on because he is like a very um, passive passive personality, quiet, happy to kind of go with the flow he's going to have to kind of you know be a guy who who steps up and, and earns a little bit more space on the team to be and, and proves that he can handle it consistently because they, they've shown that they can actually both go off together and both be impactful together and i think this was a really really bad event for grim um and i think a little bit of like attitude development of like taking that responsibility of being like i am the second star of this team i am supposed to be the second badass to to Elige, um and really owning that and going for it but i think grim hasn't kind of taken that taken that step to have that that sort of authority in, in this situation i think that, that makes sense uh, go ahead Trent. i was just going to say jason everybody's been wanting you to spill the tea on some of the liquid stories is there is there anything that you can tell have you have you had a think about what uh you know what what you could tell? has it not been long enough yet uh i haven't thought about what stories i want to tell quite yet quite okay quite, yeah. all right i'm i'm all very right, i'm very fine. guarded about those those things i don't i don't like to uh be the guy who spills spills the beans on on the inner team work it's just you said you would i, I know think that's I why people are bringing I, yeah, it up no i did and that that was uh perhaps stupid of me but i, I there's there's some stories <laughs> i can i can think about and, and have um and tell yeah, it all right we'll see but i, I need i need to i need to put it through the filter you know i need to i need to sit down write them down map them out you know fair enough Yanka, what do you think about the Cloud9 thing? Because I know what Jason thinks. What do you think about these guys going, we don't need a fucking Orpa? I know you and Groove are good mates. No, I mean, I think it was blown a little bit out of proportion, man, because like they just took that one line and when you hear him talking about it, he's not saying like, oh, they think it's great that they don't have an Orpa. He's like, just kind of, it was more about that they won't be making any roster changes. So that like they they... We don't have an op and we'll have to continue that way, right? Which tells me that they've looked into different options at the time, saw if they could make something happen. Those they didn't transpire for one reason or the other. And now they're just 
sticking with the roster that they have, which has shown some promise and some of the excuses he gave for the lack of their performance. I mean, once you look at it that way, they've been in the Emirates for 10 days and you can't really get proper practice or the players can't even play properly individually. You know, those are not the greatest conditions to come into a tournament like the, like the world finals. So again, I think we have to wait for next year and see if they'll would be able to, to make something happen. Like, Liquid did in their Grand Slam run. I think, I think for me, one of the most compelling <laughs> stories to kind of close out this year is is the angle of you know is is has Vitality found like a little bit of a peak too early? You know, like huh? can can they keep this up as a dominant team going into next year? Well, why not? I, 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 it's hard not to see them with the motivation. You have a, a really young core to the team. You have Messi who isn't here to coast, right? He's someone who's yet to have those big achievements. He's just going to be making them with the team. Apex seems fucking damn set on making sure that he goes down in the conversation as a great in-game leader. Yeah. Not just like a guy <laughs> who was an entry fragger that's become just an in-game leader. Like a guy who is in the conversation for someone who's been able to do it and do it at the highest level, right? Like, I, I don't see a player in that team that doesn't have the motivation to stay at the top. Like they all have their own reasons, and then they have the reason that well, they yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think you, it's yeah. a motivation thing, but you have to imagine the the gap is going to close. Like there is, but who's coming for there, him? Then? There is. So you could you could say Phase, Phase, uh, VP. I think Outside is, is always going to be there. Um, I think th- this Falcons team can be strong. Um, but I mean, the gap is going to close. There's, there's a lot of upheaval. The Falcons, it's so hard to put a metric on. Yeah, yeah, like, you can say, okay, it's good because of the core of the team, but then you're going to, uh, then you have to see how they actually play. And that team essentially ride or r- rides or dies by Boros because he's going to be the star rifler of the team. Yep. And he's someone who his teammates uh, probably have used kinder words in this, but you know, describe him as a bit of a plank of wood. You 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 wind him up, you let him go, he can get some headshots. But in terms of his, I saw some stats on Twitter the other day that it was his his util usage. It's fucking abysmal, and that's not going to fly in that team as we know. But how is it going to work? What style is Snappy going to call? Is it just going to be end style with Magisk and Boros plugged into this? I'm sure Boros would love that, just get into rush and get flashed into science all the time. But we don't know. Like this is the thing where obviously we speculate. That's what we do. But I like Spirit is another name. Like Shiro, I can sit here and go, okay, Shiro and Dong, that's fucking exciting. I was excited for um, Electronic and Shiro. And then that, look at that, like Cloud9, biggest disappointment of the year, Cloud9, 100%. With that roster change, just it fizzled. It had nothing, had so much hype behind it. Everyone's excited for it. It was just fucking nothing. It was nothing. Like, I know they had the blip on the radar with uh, Axile having to come in a day, uh, you know, a little bit late or whatever. Did he end up making it for that playoff match? I forget. Was that in Cologne? Cologne, yeah, he made it for the playoff match. It was the only one he played. Yeah, but it, yeah, and and they lost that game, yep. so it didn't even it never really got to be what it was meant to be. And then I'm you know I go down the list, I scroll down, I go, okay, there's some exciting like little prospects here. I would love to see the Mongols. This is the time when I would love for a team like the Mongols or Lin Vision or just like a domestic team to come in and just crack the top eight of a major and just really shake up the fucking status quo of Counter Strike how we have it right now. Because I don't think. I don't think it's as clear cut as it used to be by any means. I think it's fucking wide open. I think you look at outside of vitality and phase, and I think you could make, we could all sit here and have a different argument for who we think goes third to 10th, right? And like fucking Falcons are ninth, and that's just based off having the core of Ents. Like that's not even, that's not even a power ranking. Like they're not even playing. Like what? 
I, uh, yeah. yeah, but again, the, yeah. that's the point, though. The gap is going to close. So many of these teams are in upheaval, and a lot of that is going to get smoothed out over the break and to start the year and leading into the major. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm curious to see if Vitality's, you know, they're not, I don't think they're going to be, because when, when you guys talk about Blast World Finals, it's almost like it's not even worth bringing up Vitality at the World Finals because they were just so dominant and so far above every other team they played that... Well, they did what they was, needed to yeah, do it wasn't to e- keep It wasn't that even position. a competition, right? But that that there's well, they certainly, owned everybody. I know, but it wasn't it wasn't competition. Like they they destroyed everyone. So next well, year, this has been the I, last six months almost. It's not going to be not for them, but for the scene. It's not going to be dominant for Vitality to start next year. I don't think. I think teams are going to close the gap and they're going to be challenged more. And can they keep up this pace of being that number one team through the Blast Groups, through Katowice, through the RMRs, and into the major? Yeah, I, think, I mean, okay. but they're it's, in the best. They're in the best starting position yeah. because across the board they have fucking insane talent. That's the problem. That, yeah, you know they have the they, best player in the world yeah. in Zaibo. They have Spinks, who's also doing a great job in his position as a rifle. Flames is coming into his own in the new anchor slash you know entry fragger role, and Mazzy just one of the best all around players in in terms of his versatility, and also is getting into the swing of things in the new role. And Apex has been also doing a good bit of fragging, right? And then he has the relationship with Dextaz from before, so they're okay in that department. We know the support that Vitality gives to the team. And then you look at someone like FaZe, you know, Frozen for Twists, should be fine, but there's more question marks about FaZe than there is about Vitality. Yeah. You know, so, so it will be... They need a little bit more work. They have, like, let's say more win conditions than than vitality has kind of in that sense so i think Mouse is going to fall off not necessarily fall off but other teams are going to catch up and sort of surpass them now that they don't have frozen on the roster I anymore not. i think that's a lot such of, a cool team to see playing well a lot of I, people I have been Mouse. asking about like spirit with shiro you know, who yeah. do you think is going to be able to to upset that's not, you know, Vitality or FaZe or some of the big names? And I think it's really interesting. I mean, fucking Shiro and Dong, bro. Welcome to the Dero era, Shonk era. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they had a it couple of pause. kids. I was, I was also thinking about, do they maybe bring Patsy back now as well for Magix or, well, for Z- or Zontex? But Zontex uh, has been doing uh, good. Really good. Yeah, in, I don't think Patsy gets the call. Yeah, so like in case they just wanted some more experience, you know, but yeah, but it's okay. Like they have good firepower. I'm interested to see what Impact Shiro has on that team in terms of his experience with the tier one, and we know he talks a lot in game. So that might be, they might be an exciting, fun team to to look when, at. And I'm also really, bro, I have high expectations for Astralis, who just let go their coach, okay. which I was surprised. I thought. He meshed well with the team and was doing a good job. Probably people seem to think exists. Yeah, is that's going the speculation in. that exists is going to come in. Which also, again, he's been with Heroic for a long time, right? Obviously, uh, in-game leader for NIP for all those years, a wealth of experience on his side of things. Man, you have arguably the four most skilled players in Denmark on that team. Yeah, Stony yeah. Abbey blame yeah. and device, right? And and stairs got potential. And then you would maybe I don't know who who would be the yes, but stairs has great stairs has great potential. I wouldn't I can't put him in as the fifth because Magisk is there, right? Yeah. Uh, Zyphon, I don't know who you want to maybe put into that 
conversation as well, bro. I don't know. But at least these four guys for me, like that's a fucking shit ton of firepower that they have. And remember how good the team atmosphere and the mood was. Like they built a really good group. Uh, let's see if they'll be able to do the same in Stone and Yabby. Seems like they have the formula. They also have the remember they brought the performance coach over from Heroic. He knows Stone and Yabby. That's why yeah, also the up. exist connection uh, exists there. So I have fucking high expectations out of Astral. It's not out of the gate, you know, willing to give them the time. But I feel like they can. This lineup should be a contender team, right? Just had to kill. Uh, just had to kill Heroic to be the best yeah. Danish team. Or again. the joke is they'll they'll <laughs> just bring Saw from Heroic to be their coach. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. Just that fucking would get it awesome. done. So those are two teams for me. Like I guess Astralis and Spirit and Falcons. I mean, this is now basically the rumored lineup just with Madden instead of Nico. That's the one difference, right? That's this is what's a was, pretty big difference, though. <laughs> That's a pretty big difference. I mean, it is a big difference. Was Boros going to be there if Nico went? Yes. Was that yes. was that Boros meant to was oh, be okay, there no okay. matter what? Um, okay. So you know, let's see how that goes. Madden is not to be underestimated, and yeah, what you said about Boros, Chad. But who better to teach him shit than Zonic? Oh, for you sure, know, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, or no, Snappy, I, I see that. and it's Snappy just... to help a little bit with with playing within the system or whatnot. So. You know, that might still turn out good. So there's a bunch of these teams, man, that, that will be hopefully, you know, fun and exciting to watch. And we still don't know how Heroic is going to look in the end. The guess, yep. the, the speculation is Tassis, Shush, Nerds, Nikodos, which for me was a disappointment in in signing and, and Kixan as the in-game leader because, if, I mean, Nikodos had his shot in a way with Fnatic. I mean, what prevented them from at least individually, you know, performing? You... You you touched on it when 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 Natsu was here, Yanko. I I I really disappointed in this heroic lineup. I'm sat here and I'm just like, it has to be money because I can't see why Nerds would think this team is going to be better than the other than the Ents lineup with Glaive. Like I don't I don't I don't see it yeah, in any way. And it's funny because we were sitting here a week ago and talking about this and like, oh, you were asked why would they move like for it's like for the money. Well, you know how much money is it really that big of a difference and shit and. I don't know what else. It, it has to be Saw. And, and we were talking about the whole core. Like, that would be different if the three of them go compared to just nerds going yeah. there. It's like, sure, they can offer him a shit ton of money. But it's like, I guess it's maybe maybe he's being a little bit short-sighted or maybe a little bit of tunnel vision. Where, yeah, yeah maybe I mean, you're getting more in base salary. I'm sure that that's the case. But, you know, if this was your team, you might have been one of the best teams in the world and, and win a shit ton in prize money. Yeah, I don't want to like uh, attract un undue attention to like the, the money angle of it. I, I just know looking at these like team lineup to lineup, team to team, I'm just like, I don't see why you would think you would have more faith in this heroic lineup that's coming together with Tess's Shush, Nikodaz, and Kixon as an IGL than you would of the team that you'd been top three at for like a year and a half with a guy who's in the conversation for the greatest in-game leader of all time. Sure, Glaive still has to prove that he can that he can get back to a great level of calling and that it proved that he can still be uh, a valuable in-game leader in the scene at the moment. But like I just I, I don't understand the the math in, in terms of the the fucking in the fucking lineups. Like that that Ents roster just seems so much stronger. Um especially when you don't make the move with the other core strength players of Sun Pius and, and Madden, right? Like that's that's what seems like insane to me. Um, so yeah, I, I think my my stocks and heroic, I'm I'm, I'm selling them. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this at all. Um, but I actually think you know it's funny. I, I said this on on the HSV confirmed last night. I actually think ends getting nine is is not a bad move whatsoever. The the, the nine core. 
I think it's kind of cool. I, I think I, it feels like I had more, um, a little bit more appreciation and love for that nine lineup, despite their their lack of kind of like big wins. They were and just big, results. big chokers. Yeah, but like watching them play, like in the eye test, like they stayed creative inside the server. They were still being aggressive and still coming up with creative plays. Um, I, I think still playing some really really smart and, and, and cool Counter Strike at times. Hades obviously has some huge firepower since he left Ents and joined this team. Now now obviously back at Ents, but you know he's he's a really powerful player to have in the roster. Diha's a really powerful player. Like. I I think I think this this is kind of a steal considering as we heard like and said what like 48 to 72 hours to put this together and find find this roster and yeah. I think all things considered th- th- this isn't bad at all. I, I think they're going to be better than heroic. Yeah, uh, well, we're okay. Speculation like, so, entire speculation. Well, no, yeah. and that's fine. That I'm just like and I'm not I'm I'm not just immediately disagreeing with you by any means. Like uh I I I'm looking at it, right? The thing is it's so hard to look at what Glaive did in the events that he got to play with Ents and take anything from that so far. So like, I, I almost feel like I want to wash that away, just like completely forget yeah. about all of that and for them to get to start fresh in my mind next year um, and then see how competitive they can be. And and the the thing is with the pieces that they've taken here, so they didn't take uh, K, right? They took Kyla, they took Goofy, they took Hades and alongside Diha. So essentially like this team is... I'm trying to think what other Polish players that you'd want to plug in here anyway. So you 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 know if you were actually just wanting to get a Polish in-game leader, you could whack Shui in there, for example, right? But outside of that, I'm thinking which Polish players would be missing from this team that you'd want to have. Am I forgetting any any Polish names that would make sense here? Because if I'm just looking at I mean, it from that perspective, the easy low-hanging fruit just due to name value is Snacks. But okay, so yeah, yeah. it would just it, it, Shui or Snacks would come in as the in-game leader, right? If it was going to be a full Polish team, so otherwise they're happy with this. And Nine have recently tried to make some moves to shake up what wasn't working for them, right? Minio got removed, uh, it's probably a decent chunk of time ago now, but he was the in-game leader of the team, so they were looking for new direction anyway. And then you had Diho, who has a lot of experience, um, into the mix here with this roster, and I, I can get excited for it. Like if they can avoid being a team that chokes in big matches and you know misses a couple shots, they should probably hit. Then they're going to find themselves in a, obviously a much better position. Um, I think if you look at it from the org perspective, like you discussed, great for ends. From the team perspective, I think it's good to have some faith shown in them. You know, this is a step up for these players, for for all of them to get to to have this opportunity. So let's see if they can put Polish Counter Strike back on the map because they're going to be referred to as a Polish Counter Strike team, even if they're speaking English. So in terms of them being better than heroic, that'll be, I, I guess then you ask questions about Kixon, right? Is how good is Kixon as an in-game leader? I guess we don't really know. Yeah, like we've only seen him with Apex. Apex were just in the final of um, Atlanta; they got blown out. But if they knew Kixon was leaving, but you know, it's I, also it's it, not just the comparison of like how good of he is he as a caller, but now you have to put together basically a brand new team. Like the, you know, there's Tessas and Shush from the old heroic, but this is this is kind of piecemeal. What does that saying mean? You've used it a couple times. I don't. What does that What does that mean? What piecemeal? Is it like pieces in like world piece? Yeah, like you're putting together like, like pieces. Uh, you know, I actually don't know the history of the phrase, but I'm I'm assuming. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put yeah, you on no, the spot. I'm assuming it just means you're putting a meal together with pieces that don't seemingly go together. You're just like taking you know one a piece little piece from, describes from something that is made or done in a series of steps. Sure. Step by step or in pieces. Okay. Like right, you don't you don't have you don't, you don't have like the full picture in mind. Like you're just kind of throwing it together as you go. 
learned something new today. That's nice. That's lovely. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I, I have a question Gentlemen. for you. Okay, yeah. Are, yeah. Are we at the end? Yeah, what's up, Jason? Maybe the last question. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Um, no, it's all right. I'm, I got, I'm not on a shit time zone right now. I don't have like a, a really good answer to this, but this this whole like roster mania, this like last round of it that happened, like really uh, kind of, I don't know. It's, it sat with me the wrong way. I don't like these like roster changes that are like taking entire cores away from teams. You know, like if, huh? if like they're taking like three players at a time, these, they like, they're, they're really fucking, this last one was really weird to me and it hasn't always been in the past. I don't know why this one is so different, but isn't there like some kind of, I don't know, doesn't it feel like almost dangerous if we're moving into a world where roster changes are made with the idea of like taking the core of a team to make sure you're getting roster spots? So you're talking about the Falcons change and the, the ends change. And the ends change. But isn't that just and, the and it, situation they found themselves in, with how close Katowice and the major is? I don't know, but I don't want I don't want like roster changes to get to a point. You're just where it's fucking like, butthurt, Jason. That Falcons got a spot for Katowice and Liquid didn't. Just admit it. No, I don't give a fuck about that. I would like Liquid to be there, but I mean, I am a little butthurt, but not not super butthurt. But isn't there like some kind of like danger, dangerous precedent of like, you know, we're not just making this change because we want this player, but let's also add this one or two extra player into it so that we get the spot. Like, isn't that like kind Dude, of... Dude, if when I was looking at trying to build an Oz team, right, I was trying to take the core of Greyhound so I get everything. Yeah. Like... What do you mean? I don't. Like, I don't know. Out, I, I, this is. I'm. I'm fleshing the, these emotions out live on air with you guys because I don't. I don't know why this like recent round of it has sat so poorly with me. But it's almost. But like- that's what we're playing for here. You just either start from zero, right? You build a. You build a roster. So this is. Like, let's use Nato as an example. They build a roster. Okay, so they get left with Diha and they have Glaive. Okay, so you get two players. So now you start picking. Okay. Have a look right now. Open Slather. Who are you going to grab? Uh, we need an Orpa. Who are we going to find as an Orpa? Maybe they go and they grab one of these CIS Orpas, right? They plug and play one of them. Okay, well, what is that? Now you, you need to start. For them, they'll be in Pro League. That's That would probably be the first thing that they would they would play the open qualifiers for the major, so straight into the gauntlet. The date right now is the fucking 20th of December. The RMR stuff, the open the open qualifiers for the RMR, I think they start on like the 8th of, of January yeah. or some shit, right? Like that's just around the corner, like literally just around the corner. So that's the first thing you play with a brand new roster trying to mm-hmm. practice over the holiday period when people are going to be wanting to take a bit of downtime with their family and shit. You go into that, let's say you don't make that. Well, now you're on fucking ice. So you're iced out until if you are Ents, we'll stick with this example, you get to play in pro league, but what else do you have along the journey? Right and 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 this is why for Falcons this was the biggest concern with them. They come in, they make a splash, they have all this disruptive uh, uh, force based off of who they are and, and what we think they have to throw around. And then when we heard they were going to be left with MHL Long, Sporos, Magisk, and Snappy, I was like, well, who cares? We're not even going to fucking see yeah, these guys uh, unless they qualify for the major. But but th- but this is I think I think you know y- Yanko made the joke about butthurt about Falcons taking a spot from from Liquid I guess in Katowice. But I would say I'm more butthurt that we watched Ents kind of build this team up and and last through like star players leaving across a year and then it just gets kind of like decimated by one team with a bunch of money coming in and or two teams i guess i should say with a bunch of money taking the core away and and taking the the spots that go along with that but then core. who are you feeling bad for the orgs i don't know i don't actually <laughs> because know because if like the the core of the team essentially they're just <laughs> changing their know. hat yeah i know like the two guys just, that get fucked like yeah i don't know they get yeah, left D-Har behind glaive in that situation yeah, it, yeah. It, it, or then it would be the nine. what was it j cobb and fucking uh k yeah. It's just I, I, I don't I don't want to get to I don't want to I don't want to get to a world where like roster changes aren't made because they think it's an upgrade but because it comes with a spot. Well, we were there before and then it got changed because 
before you could just get a spot at the major by get signing the core, but now it's only get it at the RMR. That doesn't guarantee you you're going to be at the major, so it's a lot. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's all right, Jason. Yeah. You spilled your coffee, and before. you could still go through the open qualifiers and get there. Like with that's a, a different lot of coffee, roster. dude. I was. I just finished wiping it up like 10 minutes ago. I kept finding like little pockets of coffee under the monitor stands. It's fucked up. Maybe you could just not spill it next time. Yeah, yeah. I need to stop putting it on like the, the left of the desk. I need to put it on the right of the desk out of the way. We'll remind you next time. We'll tell you to put it on the right. Or maybe you could write yourself like a little note. A post-it, a post-it note post-it. on the monitor, coffee on the right. Yeah, that could be good. Okay. I was doing that for a while when I was playing Counter-Strike. I was like, you know, writing all these things to remind myself of. So I wasn't getting like too frustrated or whatever. Um, but those posters are now in the bin, so right. you can tell how that went. Um, gentlemen, yeah, it's a little we've bit been of a going for two and a half hours. Yeah. That's fine. No, we, we used to do long episodes. You know, we've kind of been, you know, around that two hour, an hour and a half like recently, which is not an issue. But do I, I know, Yanko, your Christmas isn't until a little bit later than Jason's yeah. and my Christmas. Do we want to do an episode next week sometime? If I you guys like to do can. Next week. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. I, I'm back. I'm just going for a quick little trip. Uh, I'll be back on the 26th. Okay. Uh, I am. Doing a HLTV confirm next week as well on some date. Let me see. I don't know when that is exactly, okay. but we well, let's tentative, yeah, let's tentatively say a week from today, the twenty seventh. And if if uh, if confirmed uh, overtakes that, then we can we can swap it around. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. And we'll, we'll focus more uh, on questions yes. from the Discord during that one, and do sort of like end of the year wrap, like. What do you guys think about like staying like because most of us, well, most of us, we all have at different points been like active typing in there. It's interesting like to see the type of questions that people are asking and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think it's fun. I think it's good. I didn't, I didn't expect to have like over four hundred people um, participate and so many people to be actively talking and asking questions and chatting with each other. I saw people in like the the looking to frag channel the other day. People were in there together. I don't know if they were just talking to each other or if they're actually playing Counter Strike. Like, what the fuck is going on, Jason? You build a community. I know we're getting there. We we've built a community. Well, you did the grunt work on this, and it looks no, it's like, been great, so Jason. I yeah, you know that good. round of applause we started with, Jason. I want to end with a round of applause for you. Awesome. You've done great, Jason. Really, just pat yourself on the back here. Thank You've you, done a great job, yeah. and I appreciate it. I love it. It's hard for me because I still need right. to drop the microphone on the table and then do the. That's you still don't have a fucking mic stand. <laughs> no, I'm bringing you a little no, screw. Yeah, bring me screw for the two and a half show. hours of just holding a microphone. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Jason, you can fuck off. Oh. Right, let's get out of here. Peace.